1: the Hagman and Hagman Report for today. Three hours of incredible programming coming your way. I want to thank everyone for joining us. Thank you for being part of our extended family. Thank you for your support, your prayers. Much needed. Let me tell you, much needed prayers. We've got so much to get into tonight. As, As usual, there's whereas, what, a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago, The headlines would change every day. Now they're changing every hour, every half hour, every 15 minutes, quarter hour, every minute, it seems like. We've got new information coming to you, coming to us. We're being just bombarded by information. Folks, this is the Hagman and Hagman Report. Joe Hagman, my son, fellow investigator researcher, me at the helm, together, something I like to call America's premier father-son investigative reporting team, hitting it hard Coming into your homes, coming into your cars, uh, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. That's the Global Star Radio Network. It's the place to be, the place to find people like Ted Broer, Dave Hodges, my goodness, others as well, so many others. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode. You're not going to be disappointed. We may have a surprise for you in hour two, hour 2.5. Don't know, don't know. Got a call earlier. Joe, you got were the bat, there.
2: Got the bat phone. The here, bat phone rang.
1: Just the in case it rings again. Yeah. And it'd be, uh. Well, I, I, am I'm, I'm actually, uh, it's, uh, we, we've got the, the bat phone. We've got the, the flashing red light. You guys can't see that. The studio audience can. Yeah. And, uh, anyway. Can we throw my dying cell phone in there? Eric's looking <laughs> around saying, well, what studio audience? Uh, uh, where'd they come from? Anyway, Eric the Tech at the helm in the Star Trek seat and us behind the coal, cold, coal-like microphones. Glad to be with you. All right, I'm going to start this out today with, uh, with I, I just want to point something out um, with respect to uh, an article. Folks, HagmanReport.com. Hagman and Hagman, by the way, Hagman and Hagman is show information. Hagman and Hagman dot com, that's Hagman and Hagman dot com show information. HagmanReport.com show prep. Okay. Let me direct your attention to Hagmanreport.com. we go ahead. We'll wait. No, we won't. Um on HagmanReport.com, of course, we have a three minute video by Coach Dave Dobbmeyer, America's coach. Make this go viral. Alright, he's, he, he the coach, um I, th- I think, I think I gotta send him a new, new pair of shoes because he, 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 and a new set of tires. The, the guy is like all over the place in terms of, uh, he's making a difference, but truer words never spoken in three minutes, Coach Dave Dotmeyer. Folks go to HagmanHagman.com and click on the, uh, the, the YouTube video there, or I'm sorry, HagmanReport.com and click on the YouTube there. Uh, where Coach Dave Dobmeyer is at the Tiller, uh, murder house. Oh, I'm sorry. Abortion clinic. Oh, I'm sorry. Murder house. Well, you, you know, the blood trail. The blood trail is there. But before, before that, and and folks support Coach Dave Dobmeyer, his supporters efforts, keep him in your prayers. He is in the line of fire, sometimes literally. You know, one of the best pieces of writing, I think, the most prescient. That's the word of the day. What do you think, Joe? We, we have to have the word of the day. Prescient. Prescient. For those people in Hattiesburg, prescient mean, well, you know what? I'm not going you, you can look it up. Judy McLeod from Canada Free Press. And and this is my comments on HagmanReport.com referring to this article. Best words to describe our times. Go away, Satan. Go away, Satan. <laughs> all right, now. She <laughs> sure would solve just about all of our Well,
2: well you know something? I mean, it Jude- would solved most of the problems. Uh,
1: this is uh, this might be Judy McLeod week or Canada Free Press week because, uh, first of all, she's a good friend of the program, good friend of mine. I've had the uh, pleasure of, of spending a, 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 a night. In fact, she put me up uh, overnight at her home about uh, seven, eight years ago, um, and w- when I was coming back from uh, a business meeting in uh, in Toronto. And uh, the hospitality she showed me great hospitality, and and, and we, we talked about Canada, free press. We talked about so much. I spent, uh, I think, eighteen hours. I think we spent eighteen hours straight just just talking about events and that was back in 05 I think 06 I, I don't recall but here she writes best word to describe our times go away Satan now I'm going to paraphrase from, from her article <clears throat> because this again is prescient this is timely this is this this strikes at the center in my view and Joe I, I know you agree and Eric was saying yeah, yeah I agree uh this, this really strikes at the heart of what's going on here. The words that best describe our times uttered by father Jacques Hamal as he lay dying with his throat slit in France, Normandy. Go away, Satan. You know, the mainstream media, the corporate media, these, these imbeciles, in skin suits, these intellectual, moronic spiritually bankrupt people who report to you the news they, they don't report the news mm. did you know of course, and we talked about this Joe, you and I did, we talked about this uh where the murder of the French priest during mass what you may not know the two Muslim, or the the Muslim terrorist, the the one Muslim terrorist that slit the throat of Father Jacques Hamel, smiled at the elderly nuns, both before and after taking this man's life, and uh, made one of the parishioners in the church videotape the killing and then afterwards stood up on the altar replacing the priest and gave a sermon short in Arabic and of course the, the imposter in chief the renegade Barack Hussein Obama doesn't have the, doesn't have the intellectual honesty, Joe, to call, to 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 put the the, the words.
2: Is it Islamic an, terrorism intellectual together, honesty, or is it
1: protecting? Well, I think that their beliefs. I think you're right. I think you're more right than I am. You know. You know, we told you, and and this is not to our audience, this is to the people who tune in. And this is to the people who are taking notes or transcribing this show. You know, it, by the way, you transcribe the words to this show. Why don't you, why don't you give us a call? We could, we could pay you that, you know, for transcripts because you're already doing it. You might as well make a little, little money on the side, right? You're just doing it for different purposes and you know who I'm talking about <clears throat> and yes there are people that do that for cause but <clears throat> June McLeod from Canada Free Press said go away Satan and take the pack of squealing hyenas that are your demons who roam throughout the world seeking the ruin of souls folks What we're seeing today, and Judy McLeod said it, Steve Quayle has been saying it, Pastor David Langford has been saying it, all of the Christian luminaries have been saying it, this is a fight in the spiritual manifesting in the physical. We have to understand this. And, you know, it took me a while, it took me the longest time. In fact, it took me Joe, and I'll give him the credit, my son, to explain it to me during many frustrating rides i'm sure to and from various cities doing our work but payback is you know what because he he put all this gray hair on my head anyway as a child as my yep. wife said so so uh so readily today he was a bad kid <laughs> i cannot deny that I was. I mean, he was one of the worst. She doesn't just say he was a bad kid. She said he was one of the worst kids I've ever, I've ever had, I've ever had to deal with. And I said, "You're right.
2: <laughs> you were." <laughs> I know. Like I said, I will not argue with that. I'm, I'm
1: telling you. But here but, we are. Yeah, and here we are. So, look. Go to HagmanReport.com, and the, or, or better yet, go to CanadaFreePress.com and look up Judy McLeod's article. Read it, please. Spread it throughout the social media here you have a mainstream I say mainstream a mainstream news outlet known as Canada Free Press acknowledging the fact that that we are engaged in a spiritual battle and do you know what and here's something that I found very interesting I watched the progression of this article now, there's so many people out there that might not know this. Joe knows this, Eric knows this, others know this within the organization. For example, when we have, when there's an article, we'll say that appears on Canada Free Press, there are military, police, and intelligence agencies who have mailing lists. For example, I'm not going to name them. Okay, I'm just not going to do that because there's no need to. But consider this: you've got uh, both private and governmental agencies who actually harvest articles and they send it to the subscribers. So, for example, because of our investigative status, uh, status as investigators, we are we are have we are invited to join mailing lists that are of investigative and intelligence uh they're on the investigative and intelligence uh, uh venues within these venues now they they obtain information from open source as well as governmental uh memos so there could be a for official use only f o u o classify classification document that doesn't make it to the public realm that we talk about okay for example we'll we'll talk about this maybe not addressing the memo but addressing the topic and sometimes there's a corresponding public document open source document you follow me so sometimes there's not if there's a threat that for example that uh, to, to the transit system of, of to the metro we'll say in dc it may appear for example on the intelligence mailing list but not appear in open source if the depending on the level of the threat we'll talk about it depending on um what it is we'll talk about it but what happens is on the open source side of both the uh, on the open source side of military the uh, investigative police intelligence all of this they select the, the, the people, the, the heads of the mailing list will select different articles. Not one, not one touched Judy's article. And the reason is they refuse to acknowledge the supernatural component to the war, the battle in which we are engaged. This is why I often say, please spread this far in line. Because if they don't do it, if they refuse to acknowledge God, Jesus, these the the good versus evil. To me, it's a hollow point, and I'm not talking about the ammunition. But Judy writes that Satan is in, Satan is in every terrorist who slaughters every man, woman, and child. It is Satan who covets caliphate, and it's, and it is Satan's Sharia. It is Satan who sees to it that Barack Hussein Obama, Barry Satoru, the imposter, the fraud, gets to protect the scourge of Islamic terrorism by defiantly refusing to name it, as you said, Joe. It is not, as I depicted it, intellectual dishonesty, but a a protection Practice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Crowned only this week, she writes, by a pope who would say he doesn't like speaking about Islamic violence because there, there's plenty of Christian violence as well. Well, let me ask you something. Show me where the Christian violence is over the last decade. Crickets ain't there. It is Muslim terrorism. We are at war with Islam, and it doesn't stop there. Islam has been weaponized by the globalists for use in the Hegelian dialectic. Now, I'm moving from this article that, that Judy wrote. Best words to describe our times go away. Satan, please, ladies and gentlemen... Uh, you can, it's linked off of Hagman and, HagmanReport.com, but go right to the source, CanadaFreePress.com, click on the article, uh, share it on, on the Facebook. This is a critical article to understand, a critical article to share, and even more so, when you comment on that article, the censorship by Google, by, by ads, by all of the, the, the censors become less and less, okay? By algorithm, so the more comments, the more activity, the more it's shared, the more it's clicked on, the more it's read, the greater the penetration of the message. That's why we promote these. It's not. It's not for any other reason. It's not for oh, you know, we gotta. No, it's to get the message out and to overcome, to fight, to 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 to, to meet the censors on their own terms. So please do that. But in addition to that, and then. We're going to move on here, but in addition to that, again, best words to describe our times go away. Satan, CanadaFreePress dot com, Judy McLeod, top, make a comment, spread it around, do what you, do whatever you have to do, but indeed, understand that 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 really is at the epicenter of 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 uh, what we're talking about now. Breitbart, really quick, Joe, and I, I didn't get a chance to talk to you talk to you about this before the show. Breitbart had had uh, made a uh, one of the articles or one of the, the the news reports on Breitbart in the latest issue of its English English language magazine The Beak, D A B I Q. ISIS calls on Christians to abandon Christianity, arguing that Jesus himself was and I quote a slave to Allah who will wage jihad upon returning to earth. Now, you talk about the most obscene, blasphemous piece of garbage, and I'm re- referencing the magazine dabiq And I'm referencing every Muslim who adheres to the philosophy that, uh well, okay, I guess that's every Muslim. I don't know. But he, but here's, here's what... He, he, this is so important, because this is strikes at the crux of what we're seeing today. This is what Tom Horn and Chris Putnam talk about. This is really the the subject or one of the big subjects of Chris Horn and, and uh or, uh Tom Horn and Chris Putnam's uh latest book about the Islamic Antichrist and the uh, the uh uh the uh, final Roman Emperor his book, their book. The fifteenth issue of the magazine called uh, Break the Cross is dedicated to convincing Christians that Jesus was a prophet of Allah Okay. now again please know that the magazine Dabik has it's the official magazine of ISIS but here's why not only is the name important Beak," the article itself Break the Cross in attacking Christianity is important because here's what's taking place. And you can find this in, in Tom Horn's materials and Chris Putnam's materials and uh, Tom Horn and Chris Putnam's book. The... I guess I could start right here. ISIS is under, was under the leadership of al-Baghdadi. ISIS is really under the leadership of, of a number of people. ISIS is a creation of Western intelligence. We all know that. ISIS, uh, ISIS is worldwide now. ISIS has penetrated the United States. There are over one Actually closer to two thousand active investigations in the United States right as I sit here and speak. Over one over two, uh, close to two thousand active investigations by federal and state authorities against members of ISIS in the United States. Sixty percent involve individuals that have come across the southern border permitted by not just Obama, not just Holder and Lynch, but by the Republicans as well. Did you see,
2: Did you see today a Metro Transit yes. officer in DC Mr. was arrested Young. with trying yes. to
1: aid ISIS? Yes. And the, then there, there's a whole there's a whole I'm string reading, of these. I also read
2: in the comment section of an article about somebody who witnessed in a neighborhood kids playing yes. one dressed up as an arab with the hijab on you know that, like yes. an 8 or 9 year old playing yeah, yeah. like you used to play in your front yard rolling yep. around in the grass and playing cowboys and indians whatever it is but it looked like uh, from the point of the commenter like they were playing uh, you know police and terrorists
1: or muslims and non-muslims right, right? right. yeah all right before we get into that, Tom Horn, Chris Putnam talk about the beak and, and one thing that is not being recognized in, in the press, by the press, by the media, Islamic eschatology from the hadith now.
2: Well, uh, does Donald Trump have anything to do with it? No. Well, you won't see it then. <laughs> well, I mean, every network is, is so busy. Um, Trying to destroy Donald Trump, you know, for the way he breathes and the way he combs his hair and That's the right. side of bed he gets out of in the morning. That they have no time to cover actual
1: news. It's interesting you say that because I'll I'll, I'll divert just for a moment here uh, from our mail. Now, don't d- d- don't hit any buttons, but from our mailbag, uh, folks, I I, ha- I have a wonderful and and I'll, we'll get to this later. I have this wonderful, absolutely stunning piece of mail okay. from Karen in Rome I want to tip my hat to Karen in Rome I look Karen I, I it's late early I where you're at I just want to say thank you so much she's been a friend of the program forever um, but it is when I read this it, everything just fit together Karen you're a, you're a you're a wonderful lady but back to back to the beak Syria or the, the beak the magazine the beak the magazine folks In Islamic eschatology, from the Hadith, Dabiq is not just merely the name of the ISIS magazine. Dabiq refers to a city in Syria, Dabiq, Syria. It is the, um. It is really one of the focal points of Armageddon in both Islamic eschatology. And in the studies of Christian eschatology, in the Times uh, studies as well, the beak. Of course, the Romans or Roman Christians, as some scholars have put it, will land in the beak, wage war against the Muslim soldiers. The Muslims will win, and the last hour heralds the arrival of Isa, or Christ. Notice the word Christ. Not Jesus, but Christ. And Dajjal, the, the Antichrist. Now, again, it's so important for everyone to understand that the official magazine of ISIS is called beak Folks, Dabik, Syria, is the epicenter, according to the Hadith and Islamic eschatology where Muslims will be fired upon, wage war against the Romans or Christians and prevail, thus bringing in the Antichrist and Christ. Again, in the Islamic eschatology. The reason this is important, figuring into this, uh, not, not just the beak, but also figuring in here, is Istanbul, which is formerly Constantinople, and Rome. We saw an attack against the the priest in Normandy, which is an attack against Rome. The beak is first, Rome is second. We've got a lot more to, to get into on the other side. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report, newly revamped, coming at you from all directions.
2: Yeah. Up next, we're going to have Chance from American Survival Wholesale. He's going to come on and talk about all things water, Class water time. storage, water That's preparation, right. water treatment in times of emergency and disaster. And, uh, um,
1: get your pens out, get your papers out. Take notes. These are preparation classes, right? I mean, absolutely. are they not? Yes, they are. Very much so. Chance from American
2: Survival Wholesale, up next, right after this.
1: Buckle up. Saddle for battle. Giddy up. And thanks for joining us, everyone. Seriously, thanks for joining us. Having a great time. God bless, man. Be right back. water, water, everywhere there's water but not a drop to drink how would you like to be in that position 1974 movie, Heat Wave did you see it, it was one of the movies of the week, Heat Wave Uh, temperatures, small town pregnant lady, you know all of the 70's character characters and characteristics of a 1970's movie of the week, it was a great movie happened to see it last weekend briefly Water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. You wanna, you wanna know what life would be like without being able to drink water? I don't think you, I don't think you do. What do you do in a situation like that? Well. It wouldn't last a week, that's for sure. Absolutely not. So, here's what we have. Hagman College of Knowledge coming up right now with a good friend. American Survival Wholesale's own Chance. Of course, uh, this portion brought to you by American Survival Wholesale, Joe. Chance,
2: welcome back to the Hagman and Hagman Report. You've been on uh, a lot recently talking about different um, ways to prepare for different materials and and situations. And today we're going to talk about water. What do you got for us tonight?
0: Blessings, guys. Listen, um, thank you for so much for having me on. Tonight's discussion will probably be the most important discussion we're going to have in training uh, up to this point besides spiritual preparation. So we're going to talk about water. We're going to talk about how to store it, how to filter it, how much you need, and some recommendations based upon our research. Folks, write this, uh, write these methods down. They can absolutely save your life. Guys, I speak with preppers all the time. They love to talk about their new ARs and their new AKs and enough ammo to last through several small wars. But when we talk about water, they say something like, well, we've got some water stored, some bottled water downstairs. Guys, folks, of course, number one is spiritual preparation, but number two, definitely you need to have enough properly filtered and properly stored water for every person in the household. Our suggestion, 200 gallons of water per person per month, also stored in BPA-free containers. Never, ever store bottled water you bought from the store over 80 degrees Fahrenheit. The plastic molecules will leach right into the water and can cause liver and kidney damage. It's best to store water at normal room temperatures around 70 to 75 degrees and definitely not in direct sunlight. Uh, water filtration, I want to talk about that. Let's get into this. Not all water is created equal. Even some water municipalities have failed, as you know, to provide clean, safe drinking water. So who are some of the best water filtration companies out there? One, you just heard about, the Berkey system. When we did uh, uh check this in some third-party uh, tests, big Berkey system, which has the uh, charcoal, And the fluoride filter scored 100% in removing heavy metals, bacteria, aluminum and other harmful chemicals. We specialize in portable water filtration systems and if you keep tuning in at the end of this program, we're going to be giving them away. Let's talk about uh, now space. Many fellow preppers have the same issue. They just don't have room in their small apartments. RVs, houses, et cetera, to store water. So here's a few solutions. We carry a five-gallon collapsible BPA-free five-gallon water container that includes a spigot. They store almost completely flat until ready for use. Once they are filled, they weigh only about 40 pounds, and the best thing is they can be carried to each room in the house, including a bathroom, where they can be filled easily before an emergency. Another option is our five-year emergency water pouches. They weigh less than a pound, and the caps are packaged in mylar pouches that can withstand higher temperatures, plus folks are about 50 cents each. You can carry them in your vehicle in case of a breakdown, easily storable in a backpack, very, very portable. Also take a look at uh, our tub bladders. You can store over 30 gallons of water in a BPA-free container in your bathtub. That's under 35 bucks. So what happens when there's no water available from your tap and your water storage is inadequate? Your first priority, and pay attention here, in this case, is to locate a water source close to your home. For example, many towns you're going to find decorative fountains. You'll find water there. Maybe you'll have a stream or a creek, a lake or a river. In any case, tomorrow, the next day, take a drive, locate these sources, and have a plan. Don't take any chances, no pun intended, of these sources being a viable option for drinking water. Always filter it first for cooking and cleaning. At the minimum, bring the water to a boil, a hard boil, for about three minutes. Even cleaning with tainted water can leave bacteria behind and cause sickness. I'm going to share a story with you guys, but first I want to give you some facts. As many as 19 million Americans became ill each year due to parasites, viruses and bacteria in their drinking water. In New Jersey alone, they have detected high concentrations of arsenic and a chemical used in dry cleaning called tetrachloroethylene, which has been linked to certain cancers. In New York, Doug and Joe, your old stomping grounds, over 200 water systems in different communities Have illegal amounts of bacteria in their drinking water. Even Lake Erie reports of toxic algae blooms. Guys, this is no joke. This is no joke. Go ahead, Joe.
1: It's
2: summer here uh, in Erie, and we have the peninsula, and it is a uh, it it separates the bay from the lake, and the it's just full of beaches, and it's full of tourists and, and residents in the summertime. And as you get to the peninsula, they have these, you know, digital signs up that tell you the toxicity level or if it's too toxic to go swimming. And I'll tell you half the days, at least that I've been down there, you know, it says, you know, beach six or beach seven closed due to algae. Um, so yeah, and E. coli. There are, um, I mean, it, it's pretty bad. As you said, uh, you know, the algae blooms, it is, uh, it is pretty bad. I mean when when I'm <laughs> I don't want to go swimming in in the lake because I'm afraid of some, you know, brain eating or flesh eating bacteria. Uh and half the time there there's those alerts anyways. It it it's um troubling and worrisome.
0: Again, you're right. And and that leads to this story. It's uh this is probably the most important discussion we're gonna have. I'm gonna tell you about a story about the Walters in Flint, Michigan. Some of you might be familiar with this. Gavin started breaking out every time he'd get in the pool, says Walters. The rash was bad enough that the Walters took him to the doctor. And the doctors kept telling us it was contact dermatitis. He's coming into contact with something that he's allergic to. Later, Walters says her doctor suggested it was eczema. They gave her cortisone cream to rub on Gavin's rash, but by July... 2014, it wasn't just Gavin. His twin brother, Garrett, got the rash, too. We took them in, and they told us it was scabies. So we treated them with a pesticide, says Walters. Tiny mites cause scabies, and the common treatment is a chemical that's also in some pesticides. It's even in some mosquito nets and flea collars. The rash on four-year-old Gavin Walters' foot. Walters rubbed the prescription cream on her twin boys from the neck down. I spent a ton of money because all the laundry that we had, all the bedding that we had, we took it to the laundromat. She says, Walter was relieved when the boys' rash went away, but that feeling didn't last long. She remembers the day the rash came back because she had a bunch of people over to celebrate her daughter's high school graduation. All the people that were here swimming and drinking the water, all of them broke out. And all the people that were here swimming and drinking the water, she said, got sick. She scheduled another doctor's appointment for a four-year-old. She got the same diagnosis, but Walters really had some doubts about the scabies diagnosis, especially after the party. The third time she tried to convince us that it was scabies, I said, no, 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 no. The cream wasn't working, and he had that rash for more than a month straight. Walters wasn't standing for it anymore, so she took Gavin to a dermatologist in downtown in Brighton. They scraped in between his little toes, put it under the microscope, and verified that the scrapes, there was no scabies. There was no live anything, no dead anything, no eggs, no scabies. She, She still didn't know what caused the rash, but Walters noticed something. Gavin's rash flared up every time he swam in the pool, and every time he took a bath, something clicked. It became clear to her right then that Gavin's rash was caused by something in the tap water. In December of 2014, the Walters family stopped drinking Flint tap water. They contacted the city. The city sent out the utilities administrator out to her home, and she pointed out to them that the water was orange. He had their water tested. He was also the person who notified her that the lead levels were sky high. She took the twins to the doctor and found out that water had given both of those boys lead poisoning. That story, guys, is just one example of many facing our cities and towns across America. This is the time to take action. So I want folks to heed the advice we've given you so far. Take a look at also reverse osmosis and home distillers. For folks who live in rural areas, areas, think about setting up a rain catchment system. Check your local laws, of course, before doing that. Also, test your well water for any dangerous contaminants. Uh, you can buy tests at uh, Amazon.com, which will detect any bacteria and some contaminants in your water. So here's what American Survival Wholesale is going to do to get you started. Between now, right now, and Sunday at midnight, we are going to give away a free water filtration bottle. This bottle will filter out 100 gallons of water. You can drink as it filters. It's very portable. I would suggest that you have one for your home and one for your car. We'll be giving this away with any order over $75. All I ask is that you call us or email us directly as we have to place a special code into the system in order to make that happen. So our email is bugoutamerica. At USA.com again. That's Bug Out America at USA.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call, you can reach us at eight one eight seven two zero zero seven five nine. Do this today, folks. This is too important. Thank you, John.
1: All right, Chance. That was good. Look, um, water, single most important uh, uh, prep item. Yep. Then, you know, and and that's, I mean. Water, food, shelter. Spiritual preps, physical preps, but among the physical preps, water, food, shelter, ammo, guns, and people of like mind as allies and friends. Chance from American Survival Wholesale. AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. College of Knowledge. Session two, I believe. Thank you, guys. Love you, guys. Thank, you. You, guys. Thank right. you so much. All right, brother. All right. Take care. And, and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Look, look, look. It does no, it does no good for us to, to sit here and to talk to, to everyone about, you know, the world events and what's taking place uh, if we're not prepared to act upon what we believe in. And we, folks, we are prepared to act. We are acting on what we believe in. And, of course, we've got the spiritual side of things. And the physical side of things, but the spiritual side exponentially more important, vastly more important than the physical. However, we cannot resign from the, from the physical, and uh, expect to expect to uh, to be uh, taken care of. I, that's my belief. Now, you might have different beliefs. That's up to you. If you have different beliefs, that's that's up to you. But I do suggest that everyone gets prepared, and gets prepared now. Don't wait. I remember, Joe, Hurricane Sandy, I think it was, uh, coming up the East Coast not too long ago, a couple of years ago. And uh, I remember walking into, as a matter of fact, I still have the image. I think I'll put it up uh, maybe later tonight. uh, Walking into uh, one of the grocery stores and seeing an entire shelf where the bottled water was completely empty. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, uh, I, I also went to Home Depot and went to, uh, I went to like three different locations, Home Depot, Lowe's, and I believe a, like a true value kind of local, if you will, locally owned hardware store. And I, I just happened to ask, you know, do you have generators? No, we're, we're all sold out of generators. We'd have to order generators in from the West, West Coast. Really? In fact, you couldn't find a generator. And bottled water, no, not around. And, and we are far enough west. Or, uh, west uh, we are far enough west of the east coast, where it shouldn't have mattered. So if you take that and, and apply that to what was going on on the east coast in the run up toward that hurricane, you can see how quickly supplies will dwindle, and you know. And I spoke to someone, and, and Joe, I, I think you can back me up on this. Uh, I, I spoke to someone in the uh, retail industry, or in the uh, um, uh, the uh, supermarket, uh, actually a manager of, of one of the larger supermarket chains. Look, folks, they don't have a lot of stock in their back room. I mean, what they have is limited, and what they can get is limited. So you know how we used to say, uh, they they have a three day supply. I mm-hmm. think that's I think that's drastically has been drastically reduced, uh, at least on the uh, with respect to the most uh, um, most recent reports that I've been getting. Now it was interesting that he did say something, and and the, I don't know if you caught this: uh, bottled water that that uh, exceeded eighty degrees Fahrenheit temperature in storage. Don't drink it. How how, how folks? How are you able to tell? How would you be able to tell if that water was being transported on a truck, non-refrigerated truck, or you know, no reefer on it? Uh, um, how would you be able to tell, for example, if right. the if the, the interior temperature of the water exceeded eighty degrees because of the leaching of the uh, of the uh, toxins? I don't think you can. So I, I think we're largely dependent upon our own efforts here and there where you are to prepare for what is coming. And and, and folks, preparation is so important. And and, and I'm really drawing a line in the sand. And, you know, I remember a couple of years ago being taken to task by, I wrote an article, uh, that we must choose, make a choice. And I remember this vividly. The, the article itself, not so much, but, but it was, it was to the extent that we must make a choice right now of what we're going to do. And I remember this other talk show host just berating me, just absolutely berating me. For saying how you know how dare I write this and and not have faith in God above well neither are mutually exclusive so I'm drawing the line in the sand right now and and I, and I think, look uh, folks I, I'm coming out of the I'm coming out of the gate and I'm sounding the alarm bells, and I'm telling you right now that time is exceedingly short. We are right now entering a time period like no other. And according to my most recent contact and information from my DHS source, yes, again, my DHS source, who was accurate in terms of content back in 2012, the source referenced by the pseudonym Rosebud, do you remember those articles that, that I wrote? Remember those reports? mm Hmm. Okay. DHS Insider. That's right. Uh-huh. Glenn, Glenn Beck actually read the entire when he was doing his program. He read the entire DHS Insider. It's it's about to get really ugly. Let me tell you something. He told me at that time, and I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you this now. You know. The objectives don't change. The plans, the methods, they do. So the timing might, you know, might be off, but look, um, so apparently Obama had a lock on the reelection. Apparently the fix was in. And they didn't need to pull out the stops that they were, they didn't need to, they, they didn't need to pull the trigger on the things that they were, you know, planning on doing to ensure Obama's second term. But Judy McLeod talks about a, uh, Obama's a third term now. And that's not physically, that's not a physical placement of Obama in the Oval Office, although at this point, who knows? Or in the words of Hillary, Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton, what difference does it make? (laughs) Folks, Obama's third term could very well be in in the form, presence, and style of Hillary Rodham Clinton. And if you don't believe me, just ask Obama, just ask Hillary. Look at how they, look at how they just, <laughs> look at how they rigged the election, rigged the delegates. Some say, well, no, it wasn't really rigging. It was just knowing how to capture the super delegates and delegates in favor of Hillary, Diane, Rodham, the witch, Clinton. But have you noticed? Did you notice, of course, how the media, the six corporate media, Outlets, how they refused to show the the demonstrations, the protests, the riots, the uh, liars, shouts of liars, uh, or shouts of liar to Clinton. I guess that wasn't enough to keep old uh, William Jefferson Clinton awake. However, for the speech, but uh, during his wife's speech, but uh, nonetheless the network censored all of the opposition. <laughs> We're definitely living in an Orwellian society. Yes, we are. Uh, so, I mean, that's just an understatement. Um, you see yeah.
2: that, you know, one of the interesting um, headlines out from the last week, two weeks, that was the media spent more time covering um trump 's wife a photo of trump 's wife than they did the email scandal yes um i mean we have in a number of stories today uh you know this con guy Yeah. oh 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 and we can save this talk till, oh. till in the second hour oh boy um i'm I'm twitching but i mean Trump is being dragged through the mud on every network, including Fox News. There's new deceiving poll numbers out saying that he, Hillary Clinton now has a 10-point lead, I believe. I mean, and you look, and, and we showed pictures of this yesterday, uh, of the crowds. Now, Donald Trump's down in Daytona, Florida right now, and he had about a 20,000-person uh, strong appearance. there. yes. Hillary Clinton was in Omaha with like 200 people and then in Johnstown PA She could not yeah, yes, you, you said she yes, could fill up the, the folding chairs in the front 10 rows <laughs> there were only 10 rows Ava Perone shades of Ava Perone this is exactly what it is folks and it is just constant manipulation you know Trump is getting so much uh you, well, Hillary Clinton now is calling for a tax increase on the middle class, and all ten people at her event, you know, cheered her. <laughs> Trump, oh, on the true. other hand, is, um, you know, he's not the smoothest and uh, politician, and, and people aren't, obviously aren't comfortable with him, at least on uh, some in his own party and, and many on the other side. But he's saying things that, uh, do make sense. They right. are uh, things that we need to consider. Uh, there is a, you know, a Hillary presidency versus a Trump presidency. We know what we're going to get with Hillary Clinton. Now, with Trump, it could be, uh, you know, one hundred percent worse, or it can be one hundred percent better. But there is a chance you know. that it will be better. Now, will it save anything? Will it make any difference in the in the end run? Um,
1: I don't know. No, change has got to come from within us. The people at the bottom, us little people, you know, not not the globalists, we have to make the change, and it's got to be us that makes the change, because the change doesn't come from the top down. It comes from the bottom up, and change does not come from the change of policies. It comes from the change of spiritual uh, wholeness and purity and the strive to be pure. Change comes from reassessing and fixing and stopping mm-hmm. these, this wanton slaughter of unborns and this, this, this bullcrap, uh, and I, the, this saying that homosexual marriage is the law of the land. What a bunch of horse who we, It's not. It is not. Any law, there is no law that, that can exist that is antithetical to God's law and the Constitution, as Greg Jackson likes to say. And and then you've got, and Joe, oh I, about Trump, I want to just warn people, the stage is being set. Did you see, Joe, did you see this? ABC News is reporting. Hey, wait. Trump's uh, going to drop out? Well, yeah, what happens if Trump drops out? Okay, he's not going to drop out. There is something
2: coming down There's the pipe. There is something. It doesn't have anything stinks. to do with Trump. It's. I think it has to do with Hillary. There was a second seizure-like moment. Yeah, I saw that. It was a, now, the Linda Blair her, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Linda Blair moment. I gotta watch it because I, I saw the first one. I, I saw the headline about the second one. It was a 17 minute YouTube and I didn't yeah. have the time yeah. before the show. But she's like you know um and that's a bad impression of it. It's much worse, much more uh, jerky. Yes. Um, but it, it's just unreal. Now, as I said about Hillary Clinton wanting to raise the taxes for the middle class this was at on Monday, when she was in Omaha, and Eric, if you can show uh, oh, the pictures, go. the picture from my my computer that's up right now, new rally photos emerge, and it's startling, uh, or it's starting to, be, starting to become really embarrassing for Hillary. All right. Um now, they the media shows it
1: Joe, a certain way. We we got we got to stop here because we're we're going to we're we're entering into the uh into the in the, entering into this break. Folks in case you haven't noticed, we're just really quickly, I don't mean to overtalk you, but we are getting into we're we're changing our format a tad. Uh but that's an important depiction. Well, it's not up there yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't see that, but that's a very important depiction. Folks, I want to thank each and every one of you. We want to thank you for sticking with us. The Hagman and Hagman Report, brand new, invigorated, ready to fight, saddle for battle because the battle is coming to you. You don't have to go to the battle. It is coming to each one of us. It is both spiritual and physical in nature. Yes, it is. We will. We will. We are on the side of good, and and I truly believe it's going to get bumpy, obviously, but uh, we know. In the end, who wins? And thank God. Stay with us.
2: Of globalism, where it came from, where is it in our society today, and where is this agenda taking us? Interesting op ed from the J- Japan Times. The future of globalism stands at a crossroads. There are mounting developments in world affairs that threaten to disrupt the progress of globalism, and it gets into the laundry list of Issues that they are having destroying national sovereignty from America to Russia but there's more behind the story
1: you know a big part of the exposure of globalism Joe are the emails that are being touted the emails of from Hillary Diane Rodham the witch Clinton's private server Paula Paula M sent an email earlier to today very very important email and she writes this you know with Hillary exclusively using her private services because of that saying in investigation that she sent classified material via email whether she took that label off or not if she didn't send classified material then, obviously, she didn't do her job. Why hasn't this point been made? The reason the point hasn't been made is because the captured corporate Illuminati-controlled mass media wants to inst- wants to make sure the globalists prevail in this election. The corporate media, Joe and, and Paula and folks, they are involved in obfuscation of the facts, of course. The corporate media, that is. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a question of, uh, of are we paying attention? Who's paying attention? And you know what, folks? We together, Joe and I, before the show, we, we were talking about how difficult it must be and it is because it's difficult for us to talk to, convince, and otherwise educate, inform people who don't want to hear the truth. And sometimes, well, Maria Canice, author of "Prepare for Persecution," sent some just wonderful emails with a lot of information, and talking about that strong delusion. I, Joe, what do you think? I mean, um, as we as we see people out there, and we talk to people, we talk to people about events, current events. Everyone seems to be under this strong delusion, and I do think this strong delusion has gripped many people in America, in the West, and the people. That are pushing for the globalist agenda. The people who want to eradicate any form of nationalism and, and pride in both our nation and our culture and our heritage. They, uh, they are responsible. Well, there, as Judy McLeod said from Canada Free Press, and folks, if you missed the beginning of the program, we were talking about Judy Cloud, Canada Free Press. If you go to HagmanReport.com, it's featured right there. It's best words to describe our times. Go away, Satan. The globalism is Satan's modus operandi, isn't it?
2: Well, it is back to the, the Tower of Babel. Yes. It is back to the one world system of religion that has man And Satan at the top, yes, uh, where God should be. And interestingly enough, I learned a lot about the Russia and Crimea uh, today, listening to a, a speech or an interview that Putin gave, and how he and Russia really are fighting this globalist takeover. And I guess in a way I have, in a perspective that I have not looked at it, Uh, Before is NATO. But but when we read in the Bible, we read about an alliance of nations coming together and that eventually all of them will go against Israel. NATO is the biggest alliance of nations there is with the strongest nations on the planet aside from a few. And what happened in Crimea, if you go back and, and do the research, was funded by Soros at the grassroots. And what Putin says is that it was a United States effort to remove the sovereignty of Crimea from Crimea and mm-hmm. Russia mm-hmm. in order to install the North uh, American, uh, to n- install NATO, right. a- Crimea as a NATO member. Now, as he got into this, he, uh, was talking about, you know, nationalism versus the UN charter of surrendering sovereignty. Over to an international body, which has been the goal since the League of Nations. Well, it's been and the you goal don't since hear Babylon, these things in but, the yeah. news about you know the the Russia Crimea conflict and the Putin versus the West conflict. Right. This stuff's left out of the news completely. But today, uh, in that interview, it's about a thirty minute interview. I'm sure people can find it on YouTube. Uh, it's you know, Putin talks about the new world order. Right. He talked a lot about the the sovereignty and why he did what he did and how he does not want to see the return of the Soviet Union, as many in the West uh, say he does. And he's not trying to, um, you know, take over the government and, and people of Crimea. They actually held a vote where they voted to stay with the Russian uh, Federation rather than be annexed. And But wasn't that vote depicted as being... It uh, was depicted as being...
1: As but being, being Manipulated
2: it was depicted as being manipulated and I haven't seen proof one way or the other but when I listened and watched Putin's interview today and then they contrasted it by showing Obama's uh, in a Charlie Rose interview mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. about Putin I trusted oh. Putin a lot more than I did Obama well, and yeah. it's not that Sadly. I care you know one way or the other about Putin or Obama I I have no what do they say you got no uh no 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 person in the fight no dog in this race right, right? but i would i want would everybody to take a take a look and watch it even the first half of that interview it will give you a, a great understanding of exactly what's what's really going on in the world you know we hear these these talks at the south china sea mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. the conflicts that could arise there uh the stuff about russia the the iran uh, North Korea; those seem to be the four big ones. Where any time conflict amongst these nations is brought up, you hear talk of World War III. That's well, right. these are the holdouts to the international order that has encompassed almost all the nations on this planet. At least all the developed nations. That's a good point. So when we look and, and we see these these. um stories about how terrible Iran is and about how, you know, uh, vicious China is is, mm-hmm. and, and um, how they're warmongering and, and, you know, taking bold steps to show the U.S. that they're ready, you know, for battle. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen the headlines at least once or twice a week now, even on Drudge Report and other um, forums and, and websites, you see, you know, China gearing up for war simulation or... Uh, you know, Russia, biggest military drill in history, preparing for World War III. Yep. You see these rumors of war stories and
1: that ties into Matthew 24 about you know, in the end times. Is this not a, ta- but, but in addition, is this not a message via Tavistock, that programming mind mm-hmm. condition?
2: Okay. It, that's part of it, absolutely. And as we talked about the um, uh, book, The Reappearance of the Christ, it talks about how in in the Bible, the Antichrist is what the, uh, in the reappearance of the Christ, he is the Messiah, the Antichrist.
1: When, when you say the Christ, that's the title, of course. Yeah. The Reappearance
2: of the Christ is right. the title, and they talk about, it talks about in the book how the Antichrist, or the, the Christ, as they say, will come into a world that is already a one world system. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're sure of it in their writings because they mention it just about on half of the 74-page book that it is. So that begs the question, what is this new world order, one world government system going to look like? Who's going to be in control of it? Uh, It's going to be a one world political system, one Mm -hmm. world economic system, one world religious system, one world military system. And when we see that, uh, as we've been talking about on the show five years ago, if you said New World Order was coming and globalism was coming, you were marginalized, you, you were called cook. names, you ah. were um, you know laughed at. And today, without any real um, you know segue, they are just saying, basically, uh, Trump is a nationalist. He will get in the way of globalism.
1: Isn't that interesting? When, when it, and, and folks, when it was the last time you heard in domestic, in the domestic political arena, someone described as a nationalist? When's the last time in any election cycle? I know. And all of a sudden now these words are, are such as nationalist, nationalism are starting to make their way into the public lexicon. I, very interesting observation. Yeah. And,
2: um, you know, what's happening with Turkey, what's happening with the, uh, the facelift and reorganization in the Middle East, uh, even Japan mm-hmm. is becoming more authoritarian, uh, as reports, uh, have come out that in Japan, uh, um, where is it here? I hate when these uh, update pop-ups come. Japanese government shifts further toward authoritarianism and um, militarism. And it goes on to say that one of the most discomforting aspects of Neil Howe and William Stratus, seminal work on generational cycles, the fourth turning, 1997, the fact is that as far as American history is concerned, they all climax and end with massive wars. To be more specific, the first, fourth turning in American history culminated with the Revolutionary War. The second with the Civil War. The third ended with the bloodiest war in world history, World War II. The number of years between the end of the Revolutionary War and the start of the Civil War was 78 years. The number of years between the Civil War and the start of World War II was 74 years. Therefore, Mm -hmm. if Howe and Strass's theories hold water and i think it does the article says we're due for a major conflict somewhere around 75 years from the end of world war 2 which brings us to 2020
1: and the article goes on isn't that interesting the date 2020 it, it all seems to be culminating in the um the late or the, the mid to the late teens and and you look up at through the, 2020 yeah
2: and you look at the culture now you look at the you know albert pike musini letter right that talked about the three world wars. Yep. I mean, everything that was written in that letter, especially about the third world war, that groundwork has already been laid. Yes. Oh, oh, yes. Yes. There is little left to do. You know, one wrong, uh, one Gulf of Tonkin incident. Um, one false yeah. flag. The, you know, could be a biological threat. It could be an economic collapse. It's going to take one event, and the whole world could be in a nuclear war within minutes. And it will be the last world war until all the nations come against Israel. But that's where we're going, and this is where we are. We're going to war.
1: We are, indeed. Because, and remember... And that's history repeating itself. There you go. And remember prior to 2000 or the attacks of 9-11, how many things that were being, well, how many things were covered up by 9-11? I want to get into one thing really quickly. Let's, let's take a closer look at this point of something.
2: You need a monocle.
1: Mm-hmm. Magnifying glass. How many people know the name? How many people know the name Seth Conrad Rich? No, never heard of it. Never heard of him. Well, now this is something, we're going to take a closer look at this and we are taking a closer look at this, but not like the drive-by fly-by media does. No. We are taking a closer look at the murder of Seth Conrad Rich. Now for those of you who don't know who this gentleman was, Seth Conrad Rich was gunned down outside of his Washington DC home a few weeks ago. This has been reported on mm-hmm. by several outlets. The circumstances around his murder have been suspicious from the beginning. Rich was killed in the wee hours of the morning, somewhere around four o'clock in the morning, which is my lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> Well, been, now, now, now the, the time of death, the time of his killing, of course, is suspicious by itself. And new, te- new details from One American News are fueling suspicion that he was perhaps murdered. Wait for it. He was perhaps murdered to cover up the long trail of corruption within the Democratic Party. Now, apparently, police thought that the murder of Seth Conrad Rich was a robbery gone awry, a robbery gone wrong. But when when they didn't find anything missing from his body, the theory was soon abandoned for, well, maybe we should look at some other motive. Coincidentally, and much to the consternation of websites like Snopes or the Soros-led websites, much to their consternation, we're trying hard to fight this through misinformation and deliberate obfuscation. Rich was investigating numerous cases involving the Democratic National Committee and election fraud, electoral fraud, and was set to testify against Hillary Rodham, Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton, in the email investigation. Now, you will find on various news sources saying, well, that's not true, that's not true, that's just, no, 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 no. Oh, but it is. And this brings back memories of Vince Foster. There are those people out there who say, oh, Vince Foster committed suicide. At most, his body was moved. Now, Vince Foster, in my personal and professional opinion, was murdered. And those who say anything to the contrary, I believe, and it's my professional opinion and opinion only, are disinformation agents working on behalf of the Clintonistas. But back to Seth Conrad Rich in this closer look segment. Rich was also joined by former U.N. President John Ash, who coincidentally was also set to testify in another, yet another high-profile case involving a major Clinton donor in Clinton Foundation and the Clinton Foundation. And Joe and I have been talking, and Joe's been doing a lot of research. His fingers are down to nubs from the pencil work he's been doing. Stumps yesterday. Nubs Stumps today. nubs today. Tomorrow it'll be... No, I'm just kidding. For those people who can't see, never mind. But see, Ash died, allegedly, after a barbell fell on his throat, crushing his windpipe, of course, during a workout just days before he was scheduled to testify. Again, much to the consternation of the website Snopes, the husband and wife team operating on behalf of, well, you know. Anyway, but... uh. Just much like Rich Dodd, mysteriously, as he too was scheduled to testify against the Clinton criminal cabal. Well, are, are, are you folks seeing any connections yet? Folks, you didn't see that, but Eric came over and was rubbing me. I don't know what's going on here, but that was funny. But for those who who are or or visually uh, challenged, in other words, don't have the video, Um, apparently he put his splash screen up, came over, and all, I just felt this <laughs> rubbing. He rubbed his forearm. <laughs> you all right?
2: That was just so unexpected. Wow. Usually he comes over and adjusts the camera or a light. <laughs> it looks like you was giving him moral support.
1: Joe's actually, great. Joe's actually got <laughs> tears in his eyes from laughing. Yeah, that was funny. But anyway, folks, look, we're looking here at, in this closer look segment at the death of the the mysterious murder, in my view, of of uh, Seth Conrad Rich, and as it relates to the clinton criminal cabal we need to take a closer look at not just this but the entirety of the bodies left in the wake of the clinton criminal cabal new te- new, de- 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 yeah, de- 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 new details forthcoming in this closer look segment now that i've now that i've been rubbed sufficiently by eric the tech I don't know, does that, does that out there, or does that like mark a new, uh, a, a new, uh, a path to our relationship here, Eric? I mean, my goodness. <laughs> you know. It's just funny because the way you did it, usually, like I said, you come over and adjust something. Yeah. and so I'm watching looking to see what he's coming to well I know I had, around I had no, apparently I had puts um, his arm around I, I had some sort of gunk or something on my sleeve here that was that was that was really you can <laughs> shine my shoes when you're done oh my goodness but anyway um so, so uh, again in this in that closer look segment uh, the the we will be updating of course the uh, the details about the body count left by Clinton's and there will be more I guarantee you there will be more um very good. Paul McGuire, and, and I'm just going to segue and pop it back to you. Paul McGuire had done a really great job in a recent article, an article published, uh, yesterday about nothing is as it appears. It's going to be on our website, uh, here after yeah, the show, sure. but, uh, nothing is as it, as it appears. The truth is stranger than fiction. Um, you know, the at. Really, right now, and I think I think everyone—it's interesting to me as 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 we we've been looking at different Joe and I and Eric and others, and we we've all been looking at various talk show hosts, looking at their their format, looking at their content, looking especially their content, and we're talking about from the the top talkers to the to to the most obscure, okay, just just to see both. Not, not just the format presentation, but what are they talking about? And then, of course, we've been looking at the corporate, captured corporate mass media, Illuminati controlled mass media, the, all six corporations and their offshoots. And what we've been, what we've been finding is the fact that, um, the war is against the Christians, the middle class, but we've seen this, this very decisive divide. And, of course, they are not, um, uh, they're not reporting the, the actual facts. With respect, and big surprise there, right? Oh boy, I could have told you that. But what they are doing is they are, and you said this so, it was so prescient when you said it, prescient the word of the day. Again, I'm not going to look it up, uh, but for those in Hattiesburg, uh, uh, prescient has a, you can look it up. Uh, but what, what, what they're doing is, is managing public opinion or attempting to direct public opinion.
2: Oh yeah, they're then, uh, right, It's more than thousand. managing public right. opinion anymore. Managing public opinion um that was, you know, 40 to 70 years ago. Now they are creating public that's right opinion. Yeah. They're that's creating right. false truths and narratives to the point where we're so far down this rabbit hole. <laughs>
1: We, if we the are, truth we? was
2: staring us, if the real truth of everything was staring us right in the face, I don't know if we'd even recognize it only by the grace of God. It's that bad when okay, you have a, when you have a presidential candidate who um is guilty of treason except for the conviction, but even though the director of the FBI basically said as much when you have a presidential candidate who has done more to bring this agenda of globalism into the reality of our world when you have a a nominee who was a member of one of the highest uh, parts of our government, the head of the State Department selling influence selling jobs for donations to her foundation Yes. when you have a nominee who has her husband I did not have sexual relations with that woman only to later say, yeah, I lied. Uh, For her to cover that up, for her to cover up and intimidate the victims of rape from her husband. The uh, money that has been coming in and out of her foundation, which we have barely scratched the surface on. uh, It's come out that she's taken $100,000 cash from, and was the director of a company that directly gave money to ISIS. That's true. That information has come out. I mean, some of the most uh, horrendous crimes while she was a member of the State Department, while she was the First Lady, and on top of that being an admitted witch. And you have Donald Trump, <laughs> who just wants to make America great again, if you believe the words that he says. And he's the bad guy? He's the one we need to watch out for, the authoritarian, uh, you know, slave driver? And people buy it? At this pace, maybe Hillary should go commit some more felonies. She'll get some more support.
1: She'll get the peace prize. It's just crazy. I want to see you get fired up. You look like you're about ready to get fired up. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Folks, look, special, a very special, very, very special surprise for you tonight. Next hour, Steve Quayle and Henry Groover. Ah, How's that for a, uh, a team? Very important information from Henry Groover. We haven't heard from So from, from nine to been, ten. Yes. Steve Quayle will be joined by Henry Groover. Yes.
2: Will be joining us. Yes. Now, folks, if you, for you don't know, uh, for those of you who don't know Henry Groover, um, Eric, what's that website again? Joyful, Mi- um, Joyful sound Ministries. Thank you. Uh, Henry, Henry Groover was in, in Japan. Single, singular. Uh, Taiwan, when the when the uh, oh yeah earthquake right before the earthquake happened, God told him to left. He le- and he left. He walks around this globe, based on on where God, what based on God's will. All right, and he is a true man of God, and he's going to come on, and I'm anxious to hear what he has
1: to say, because when he talks, it's important. When he, it's kind of like EF Hutton, the old EF EF Hutton commercials. When he talks, people listen. Folks, the Hagman and Hagman report. Next, not this next segment, but uh, the next hour. Henry Groover, important information to share. We want to thank each and every one of you for listening, for joining us, for being part of our lives, being part of our radio show. And when we come back, before Steve and Henry come on, we're going to
2: continue to talk about the future of globalism. Yes, specifically where it is going to take us um, as we are on this journey together.
1: Hey, folks, we talked about the latest issue of the English language magazine, De beek the Islamic State calling, calls on Christians to abandon Christianity. Seems like the Vatican is doing the same thing. The Jesuit-run Vatican is doing the same thing, huh? Yeah, uh, arguing that Jesus himself was a slave to Allah, and many people share that view. You know, we've gotten so much information and, uh, so, mu- so much open source information out there. Uh, we, of course, feel our, our hearts go out to, uh, anyone fighting for America lost in battle. But, uh, the yeah. father of, uh, of, uh, Kazir M. Khan, or the father of, of, uh, the, uh, young man that was killed in battle. Kazir Khan, believes that the Constitution must be subordinated to Sharia law. There's so much information now, about that out there. My question is yes. you
2: know, how the, the Trump-Khan feud started yes. and how oh, Trump is spitting in the face of this fa- uh, soldier's family. Isn't he spitting in the face of his soldier's son since his son died for the Constitution in this country?
1: That's an interesting question. I, I'm not sure he looks at that that in that way, because uh, don't forget all Muslims believe that, that that the Constitution must be subordinate to Sharia.
2: Yeah, Breitbart uh, has an article, Khan, Constitution must always be subordinate to Sharia, yes, notwithstanding his war hero son's genuinely patriotic example, Khan has published papers supporting the supremacy of Islamic law over man-made Western law, including the very Constitution he championed, in his democratic national convention speech
1: attacking GOP presidential candidate Donald Trump you know joe and this is something i believe that we really need to focus upon because this is really at 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 the heart of everything that we're seeing take, taking place today we have i believe a a stable a, a remnant of christians who are conservative both socially as well well they're they're con- They're conservatives, but they're social conservatives, they're uh, Christian conservatives. I don't know how many modifiers we need. But in general, they're conservatives as opposed to progressives, as opposed to communism, communists. Because we know, for example, in order for the, and, and Joe, chime in here, because in order for the one world order to be brought into existence, a few things must happen. Number one, Nations must be eradicated of their monetary system. Mm-hmm. Because what defines nations but borders, money, and language, right? Culture, Michael Savage yeah. says that. Culture. Uh, borders, or, money, culture, yeah. well, There you go.
2: So, and we see with, uh, I was watching a documentary today, uh, about the Rothschilds and the banking yep. systems from its inception, and I've seen lots of different, you know, ways that people present the information and, This was another good one. I only got through about a half hour of it, but it talked about how the Rothschilds took over the the English uh, banking system, instituted the Bank of England, followed by the Federal Reserve. And interestingly enough, um, over the weekend in in the first few days of this week, and I I mentioned this to you, I was doing some in-depth research on the Phoenicians. Phoenicians?
1: Yes, yes, yes.
2: Well, you didn't know that they were the first culture to make paper money. No, I didn't know that. And these, the Phoenicians were before and during the time of the Egyptians and the Babylonians. And, and I got a whole of paper money. When you say they here. made
1: paper money, yeah.
2: was it a fiat system or was it? No, they were, they were, uh, uh over, they were the biggest naval power. Okay. Uh, 18th century BC, 3,800 years ago. Okay. They were merchants. They were the creators of the alphabet in which we use today based on 22 letters, uh, and right their okay. major contribution was that their alphabetic constituted 22 consonants and they were uh they were the foundation like too. of the english and hebrew and arabic and right. syriatic script but um when it comes to the money it talks about how uh they were the first printers of paper money and what they used to do was they would print the money on Uh, It would be little leather triangle. Uh, Mm -hmm. Right. But I I just found that was a very strange fact in the history of this uh, ancient civilization because of all the things that you would think to find, uh, like they were known as the Sons of the Phoenix. When you think of Phoenicians, you have the, the phone... Uh, phonetics. Yep. Um, they were also known for their purple dye. It, it was, it's into the study I'm doing on Babylon and, and Tyre and what it says and how Tyre is related to Freemasonry and America that we live in today.
1: Nothing too deep
2: there. Oh yeah, it is deep. <laughs> trust me. Um, but yeah, they were the first culture to use paper money. And I just found that I haven't found proof of that, but I did. I got a confirmation wow. from a written article, and then from a YouTube video.
1: Well, and I think, uh, and we've got a vast library, of course, here at the studio. But uh, uh, you might want to check out the bottom shelf there with the. Uh, um, well, you can see the the, the books. In fact, uh, the republications of the Tom Horn books. Yeah.
2: Uh, and, here uh, it the, is. Okay. Paper money found its origins in the uh, <clears throat> Tyrrhenian. A car, a Carthagin, I can't remember. I'm writing Carthage uh, was a city that was created by the Ph- Phoenicians, right? And right. what they did was they used <clears throat> an inscribed, um, a symbol on a triangular
1: pieces of leather, which was used as paper money. Okay, and, and then then there was the <clears throat> excuse me, the, the stick as well. But the, the, all of this is interesting, And and the reason this is important is because. Uh, we, we do have a segment titled, uh, but we won't use it now, Past is Prologue. There's nothing new under the sun. And it's interesting because the, the further back you look, the further ahead you can see. And we're seeing history not just repeat itself, but the old world order coming, you know, re- being reformulated into the new world order. It's the same gods, small g. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, um, you know, getting back to Kazir M. Khan and the, the larger issue in order for the new world order to be implemented here and some people might say well I'm so tired of hearing about this we know this i got an email the other day why don't you cover stuff new stuff because we i i know this stuff well wait a minute there's a lot of people that don't know this a lot of people coming into the fold who are or are saying wait the, you know t- t- tell us how this how this t- tell us how this all relates to everything <clears throat> excuse me so uh, we also, you know, we have to be cognizant of the fact that not everyone, you know, is as, as smart as you writing that email. Not everyone is as up-to-date. I heard a great uh, saying, I don't know if it applies, um, <clears> throat> knowledge throat>
2: is not intellect, and intellect is not wisdom. <laughs>
1: yeah, that applies to so many. Uh yeah. oh, boy. <laughs> but, but, again, what we're seeing here, and and even watching this play out with Kazir M Khan and Donald Trump and the media and how the the, the communist media the communist controlled mass media is really is really molding this uh what we're seeing is the fact that uh we the globalists need to institute a well they need to outlaw all monotheistic religions they need to outlaw islam judaism and christianity Mm -hmm. they need to take it down they need to eradicate the name jesus out of every out of everything and soon bibles with the name jesus will be made um illegal they need to take certain aspects and this is exactly what the vatican is doing this is exactly what what the um this is exactly what the the uh Uh, military is doing and and you can go ahead and reference that because this goes back to alice bailey this goes back to
2: alice bailey the new world order uh, and the new world order for the destruction of christianity while the church sleeps the devil is damaging souls with the babylonian system the strategy crafted by the occultist who died 65 years ago actually i don't know when that was because this is a little bit older of a paper Anyway, it goes on to talk about a 10-point charter strategy for the removal of Christianity. One, take God and prayer out of the education system. And then it, we can get into this more Wait, in depth see, there yeah, later yeah. this week. Reduce parental authority over the children. Destroy the Judeo-Christian family structure. Uh, make divorce legal and uh, easy. Um, make abortion legal and easy. Make homosexuality as an eternal, alternative lifestyle. Debase art, make it run mad. Number eight, use media to promote make change ugly mindset.
1: And we see Number that with nine, Andy
2: Warhol and and some of the go on, go on. Create an interfaith movement. Okay, ten yeah. get governments to make all these laws, and get the church to endorse
1: these changes. And isn't it funny because the title of tonight's program, "The Future of Globalism," isn't it? Isn't it? It's not funny. It's not coincidental. It is. It is how we have worked this program tonight to show you coach Dave Dobbenmeier in front of the Tiller uh, 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 Killing Center three minutes of truth saying hey you know why we're here it's because the lack of fathers the lack of leadership by Christian men and he, he makes a lot of good points and then we go to Judy McLeod who says get the heck out of here Satan and says this is Satan is in fact Behind all of this, this is not by accident this program, the future of globalism. It's not by accident. No. It's by planning. And this even is though how it's
2: being this is we're we're laying it out for you. Go ahead. Even though I didn't want to get into any of this uh the Phoenicia stuff, this is something I plan on working on for a little while and to be able to present it um in a in a very uh understandable very in, coherent, in, uh, cohesive manner uh, with we got visuals. It. But you know, they were uh noted as <clears> sacrificing <throat> their children they were noted for their brutality um with their own children and with the, the human sacrificing and, and cannibalism mm. what you said about dave dobmeier you know the the fathers where are the fathers well you know unfortunately when it comes to abortion men don't have a right to say i don't want
1: men have given my child up in her by, belly either by by either willingly or, or it. on but see but see had we and this is a mistake. I, I, this is my uh, opining now. Had we been men or uh, had the men been men and acted like men, we would not be in this position. Because we have a duty as men, as Christian men, I believe, and this is my personal opinion, not just to lead, not just to be leaders, but to be leaders. I mean, not just to, uh, you know, be, be simple businessmen and, and, to, and to earn the money, uh, but we have uh, the we are required biblically to be leaders of our family that is to say to lead our families in prayer to lead our families in in, in this things all things spiritual we have the the requirement to protect our families and, and woe to those men who are wussified to the extent where they will not protect their families I have no use for you I have no use for you see for what Clint
2: you. Eastwood said today? no well I'm not going to repeat it it's on the front of Drudge I didn't. Basically, uh, what he said was <laughs> um, to paraphrase, yeah, uh, it had to now. do with the snowflake generation. How? Uh, uh, I agree then. Well, he used the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Clint Eastwood blast.
1: A man must know his little Snowflake
2: generation and <clears throat>
1: told people to uh, blank get over it. Well, 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 and and there's, there's the issue. This country, America, and American men and Christian men, we don't have a problem with intolerance. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. We don't have a problem with intolerance. We have a problem with tolerance. There's too much of it. We tolerate too much evil. We tolerate too much BS. We tolerate the lies. We tolerate... Uh, we tolerate right. everything we should not tolerate. And it's time to say and if While you those don't people say people are intolerant we're it. towards us. Right. The most intolerant, bigoted, racist people I've ever met in my life have been the so-called democratic, liberal, progressives, the communists. Those are the are the most intolerant people I've ever said. Because they won't tolerate me saying that being a sodomite, being a homosexual, being a lesbian, being a, 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 uh, queer is biblically wrong. Oh, you can't say that. I'm not going to tolerate that on my show. No. Really. So be men, but, but anyway. The, uh, getting back to the larger picture, the future of globalism. Yes, Christianity is under attack, and the media is not reporting the extent under which we are under attack, Christians. That is, um, the 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 Muslim terror, the, the the terrorism that's taking place. Look, in France, again, again, in France, Muslims screaming, "Allahu Akbar," stop. A bus. They set it on fire. The media is silent about it. Video from France shows a group of Muslims right. that stop a bus, smash it's one of those forces evacuation, set the bus on fire. Well, how and, can the and,
2: president of France have time to comment
1: on when he's too
2: busy worrying about Trump and the consequences us Americans will face if we vote for him?
1: Well, it's it's ridiculous. The fact is it is ridiculous. But you know what? It's planned. So we have to identify the enemy, identify their tactics, identify their movable operandi, and then report on it. And then at the same time, because we can chew gum and walk at the same time, we have to pray, we have to be spiritually in tune, but we also have to fight. We also have to draw that line in the sand and be prepared to fight. We have to saddle for battle. And and And, and as an inspiration to everyone, if, in fact, that makes me a domestic terrorist, then I wear that badge proudly and to paraphrase, uh, what was that, Walter Cronkite or whoever talking about uh, sitting at the right hand of Satan or whatever. That uh, uh, idiot. Anyway, Paul McGuire's got a great article out. Uh, again, it's going to be up on Hagman and Hagman.com uh, talking about the... Uh, uh, that, that nothing is as it appears, basically. The the fact that the... Uh, that... All, all the psychological props and devices were employed to appease the party's demographic basis with virtual world candidates. The, this now in reference to the conventions. W- w- what a, what a circus atmosphere. The conventions. The corporate media, totally controlled by the six corporations, owned by the global elite. They offered nothing more than a smoke and mirror show of endless babbling uh, by inferior actors posing as journalists who uh, by the way, with rare exceptions, are in reality. Nothing more than propagandists who offer almost nothing in the way of facts, accountability, and in-depth insights. Boy, that fits a lot of people, doesn't it? And, and it's in the land of make-believe, like the Wizard of Oz, where we are not allowed to set the tr- uh, to see the truth about the wizard who hides behind the curtain. And there are plenty of wizards, and there are plenty of curtains. If only you and I together just... Push that curtain aside. You're going to see who's behind that curtain. But the future of globalism, the title of this program tonight, and you've done a great job, It, it, it the components thereof, uh, Donald Trump, the nationalists, the everyone on the uh, left, progressive left, the communist left, and even on the right, some on the right, making preparations to oust Trump. Folks, the shenanigans are not over. They're not over. Yeah, and the media put saying, oh, what is with
2: the Trump meltdown, right, the self-sabotage? Right. What are they talking about? I mean, they're inventing lies, I mean, wholesale lies, and it's been confirmed that uh, a number of things, two things happened today that I find interesting. One, Trump yesterday talks about the possibility for the manipulation of the voting machines oh, and voter fraud. Yes, well, yes. today... New York Times US seeks to protect voting system against cyber attacks <laughs> how convenient and then secondly the polls we talk about the polls you know it's been coming out i see no oh, fox news giving trump or uh, giving hillary a 10 point lead over trump well it's been confirmed today pollsters loading polls with democrats to give hillary a lead over trump donald trump shattered the previous gop primary record by 1.4 million votes this year and that was with 17 candidates in the race. Hillary Clinton received 1.5 million fewer votes this year than she did in 08 when she lost. Now, they uh this article, you guys go on the Gateway Pundit if you want to see the pictures. Um, it says, Trump continues to sell out venue after venue, and they show full stadiums. Hillary can't even fill a high school gymnasium this week without hauling in high school kids to sit in the empty seats. Democrats are in a panic mode, so leave it to the media to jump in and help their candidate. Reuters uh, tweaked their polling methods this week to give Hillary a lead. Uh, Reuters uses more than a 100 more Democrats in their polls to give Hillary a lead over Donald Trump. Does anyone in their right mind think Democrats will have more people voting this year than Republicans? Um, and it's come out. Uh, Trump has uh, been taking to Twitter to show uh, the... Um, it, it's interesting. When you use, go to these polls um, and you look at how they set up the matrix yeah. or the metrics... The metrics. No, you were right the first state time by the matrix, state, but anyway. State by state. If you go to county by county, it's a completely different picture. You got Trump's up 73 to 19 or something, you know, something
1: completely different. See... Okay, and you make a good point here. And, folks, this is a good point. If you watch programs, and, and you, you've got to watch the programs in their totality, or, or you've got to look at the prog- the television shows in, in, in total. For example, um, within the last decade, there have been numerous crime shows. Shows like uh, uh, Criminal Minds. Um, what's that one uh, on cable now? It's a... Uh, um, Jackie, my daughter, just came into the uh, studio. What's that show that uh it's about politics that Cheryl mentioned? Uh House of Cards. House of Cards. Okay, thank you. I've never seen all it. All right. But. but all of these different shows are, are over the past decade have been making references to conspiracies such as the JFK assassination, uh nine eleven, uh House of Cards, uh the uh, voter fraud uh in some cases. Which I, I've never watched House of Cards, but, but I, 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 and I don't have any desire to. But I, the reason I mention all of that is to say this: people believe, are being made to believe, that it takes a lot of people to control. Like, for example, the JFK assassination; it, it had to happen the way it happened because if it happened elsewhere, elsewise, it would take too many people to really the conspiracy would be too vast. For example, Benghazi, too. You you, you can't. I mean, it, there's no, it happened the way that they said it happened because otherwise it, it would take too many people to control the conspiracy. And someone would talk. Remember, the only way to keep a secret between three people is to, is to have the other two people dead. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. But this is not true. You can have, and, and and this is why the the word consolidation. This is why consolidation is so important to the globalists, because you consolidate. For example, you take hundreds of media outlets and can, and they have six choke points. The big six. The big six. In choke the documentary points. I watched it's earlier. The big six and six hundred.
2: Yeah, in the documentary I watched earlier, it talked about how the Rothschilds, you know, knew. And the, uh, people who worked with the Rothschilds, the Illuminati, the satanic elite, right. knew the importance of the printing press, therefore gathered ownership of every single printing press and continued, you know, and they went on in the documentary to explain, well, who owns the TV networks? Well, Hollywood and through the government. Yes. Um this is all, you know, it's all a big show and you're all invited to watch, <laughs> but you're all invited to be Brainwashed at the same time. That's right. And you will be. I mean, if anybody who listens to any mainstream news channel for any amount of time and, and only takes their advice and takes it as fact, when you go back and look at the actual facts, you will realize that you were lied to every day of your life that you paid attention to those news outlets. Well, either outright lied to or... Um, Being lied to with a small truth and a big lie.
1: Paul McGuire talks about Aldous Huxley, the author of Brave New World. He warned us about the power um, of totalitarian dictatorships, using scientific mind control to dumb down the masses and, and to make us make the population more compliant. Of course, he wrote about the use of non-stop distractions to keep people from paying attention to what is really going on in, in, in the social and political venues. It, it's kind of like Paul McGuire writes, it's kind of like car chases, riots and celebrity craziness and other media techniques to keep us watching the television screens. And Huxley writes that in their propaganda, today's dictators rely for the most part on repetition, suppression, and rationalization. Now, this is Aldous Huxley from, uh, what, a half a century ago or thereabouts. The repetition of catchwords, which they wish to be accepted as true, the suppression of facts, which they wish to be ignored, the arousal and rationalization of passions, which may be used in the interests of the party or the state, and this is exactly what we're seeing right now. And although, um I don't believe I've got time to go into the mailbag segment, I just want to acknowledge Karen from Rome, where, when she writes that she has been watching Fox News. Now, uh, uh, Karen in Rome, God bless you. She's been doing a lot of research, and, and, and she's seeing, watching the programming. But it's so much more than that, Karen, thank you. And, and perhaps tomorrow we'll get into this, but, but, but what we're seeing here is the creation. In, in my view um, uh, of this totalitarian state and mm-hmm. and Joe the, the uh, ABC saying what if Trump drops out what do we do then what do we do yeah he's not going to drop out
2: and for them to be the media to be in such damage control mode saying yes. how in disarray Trump campaign is that he's going to drop out tells me that he's closer to the target than they're ever would were comfortable with <laughs> <It's> <laughs> or amazing. ever wanted him to be yeah. um because Ladies. otherwise, what would they be doing? Spending their time and resources on on trying to demoralize him, demean him, and lie about him even more. Amen. If he uh, right. was already you know, shooting himself in the foot, they wouldn't even have to put the effort out. But Obama is right. going to take the whole month of
1: October off to do what? To campaign for Hillary on your tax dollars. Obama's third term. That's right. And folks, don't forget, go to CanadaFreePress.com. Judy McLeod's article... Best words to describe our times go away, Satan. Comment on it. Let's elevate that because that captures the essence of what we're seeing today. You are tuned in to the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on the Global Star Radio Network simulcast on BTR, and you can watch us right here on YouTube as well. Steve Quayle, along with Mr. Henry Groover, will be up next for hour number three. What a
2: pleasant surprise! Just after this, stay with us.
1: tuned right into the proper station right here in the global star radio network it is the hagman and hagman report doug and joe hagman something i like to call america's premier father son investigative reporting team have we got a treat for you the next hour uninterrupted oh man what a great surprise what a pleasant surprise mr steve quayle from steve And you know the man, Henry Groover, a man who's been busy walking all the corners, all the, uh, all the terrain of the earth, uh, preaching the gospel, spreading the word of God, a man, uh, what a great man, Henry Groover. And of course he's with us tonight. Special. I mean, talk about, uh, talk about a treat. Henry Groover and Steve Quayle, Joe. Yeah, it's uh, it's an amazing thing. It's uh, And I want to thank Steve Quayle for uh, being able to marshal Henry Groover and, and ask him to sit down for a moment and spend the next hour with us. Mr. Steve Quayle, Mr. Henry Groover, welcome to the show tonight, sir.
3: Well, hey, this is a treat, and Henry, just good to be really with you. Really drove off the highway. Um, and so, with no further ado, Henry, thank you for on such short notice coming on with Hagman and Hagman. And I'd like to ask you to share, uh, you know, where you've been—the last trip out of the country—and then just the the wonderful vision and the fulfillment of God's power when you were in. Was it Taiwan? Yeah. Oh, awesome things
4: have happened. Good things are happening in Asia. Uh, Seeing well, some real turnarounds. It. Tremendous turnarounds in Asia. Uh, yeah, I was um, I was in Taiwan last September. Let's let's pull this back to last September, and uh, did ministry in Taipei, walking, praying. And then I went up eastern some cities east of Taipei, and then over to the the north, and then was scheduled for the south. And uh, my scheduler said, uh, I've. I'm canceling the south and I said well why are you canceling he says because there's this I can never say it right this indigenous indigenous, uh, mosquito uh, malaria plague that's taking place there and we're having hundreds of people dying and uh, I said to him I said what do you mean you're canceling he said well I'm canceling because of that I don't want you dying he says "You you get bit by that thing and uh within 24 hours, you're burning up with fever, and you're, you're full of pain, and they have nothing for the fever, fever nothing for the pain, and uh, hey, uh, you die within four days. The pain is so excruciating, the fever, it burns you up, and I said to him, his name is Georgie, I said, Georgie, I refuse to give my life for a stinking mosquito. I said, that thing bites me, it'll die, because I got the blood of Jesus through my veins. <laughs> and he, he says, you're not afraid? Of you. I says you know I'm not afraid of a mosquito, not afraid of a poisonous snake or what anything like that. And uh, so don't cancel. And I says, if you're afraid, you don't have to go. We'll get someone else to interpret down there. And he says, no, if you're going to go, I'm going. I I've heard you. Give testimonies like this. If I it happens, I want to be there. I want to see it. And so I says, "All right," but he says, "I'm going to bring plenty of mosquito repellent." <laughs> I said, "Oh, brother, don't bring any of that for me." And uh, so, sure enough, we get on the, the train the next day and uh, go down south, southern Taiwan, and they have uh, put together five churches for me to speak in. And uh, oh my! as i walked in there it smelled like mosquito repellent there was a cloud of it in the in the room of that church and i taught them on our dominion and starting in genesis chapter one verses twenty five through twenty eight and uh... how the lord has given to us dominion over every creature and it's all named there and uh... They were they were shouting, and they were praising God for that kind of teaching. and was giving them testimonies of some of the areas where I've uh, been tested with uh, creation, with snakes and wild animals and all this, and with, of course, gangs and terrorists and these kind of people. And uh, so they were really fired up. Well, I didn't realize it, but there, one of the pastors there was what they call an Aborigine pastor, First Nation, whatever you want to call it. And he was so fired up, he charted a bus the next morning for 54 people to go up into his area, which is the was the area that was most heavily infested with those mosquitoes and the most fatalities or casualties. And uh, uh, so we get on the bus, and we're heading up through the mountains, whining around through the mountains on the bus, and everybody's pretty quiet. I'm just talking to... My interpreter and and the average pastor and uh, he has the bus driver pull over real quick and uh and we all once us all get out, well, they're all spraying their mosquito repellent on themselves and all around, and I'm saying please don't don't spray it on me I'm all right i I didn't take any shots for malaria or anything like that. I've got the blood of jesus and uh well, you you don't know, and I, I do know, you know, and <laughs> there's always that kind of response. And uh, we go to the off of the road, and he points down below through this, this canyon that winds around through, and he tells how the Taiwan government wants to build a dam right there. He says, we want to build it right down there, and uh, it will back up the water all through this canyon, which is the choicest and sweetest of fruits of all of Taiwan. It will literally put it all under water. And he said, it's, it's our land, it's, it's our livelihood, and they're telling us, uh, look, we'll take care of you, we'll, we'll, we'll put you all in condominiums, and we'll, we'll give you plenty of for food every month, we'll, we'll educate your children in the top universities, you won't lack anything, you know. You don't need to work hard farming anymore. Well, they didn't want that obviously. So he said, would you pray? And I says, well, absolutely. So the 54 of us are standing there looking down at this canyon and lots of heavy foliage around. And I lift my hands and I just start praying. And of course, you know, sometimes we we, we have to catch ourselves because uh, we're telling God how to do something. And I'm describing to the Lord how to have them make wind generators and solar collectors and all this, and just put all those down so that they've got their electric. And uh, uh, then, Lord, just bring artesian wells springing up all over. And uh, I'm just busy praying like this, petitioning the Lord to to give them wisdom and other than a dam and uh, plenty of good fresh. Pure water that they won't have to purify and all this. And uh, I'm busy talking to the Lord this way, petitioning the heavens. And uh, right behind me, almost must have been almost breathing down my neck was a lady. Of course, we were all bunched together. She let out the most blood curdling scream. And now here's here's the carnal mind. Okay, even in Henry Groover, <laughs> I thought, oh no, did she get bit by a mosquito? <laughs> And I open my eyes and I turn around and look at her and she looks at me and she's pointing to the right and the left and up. And oh, I forgot this part. I have this vision as I'm telling the Lord what to do. He interrupts, He interrupts me telling Him how to take care of this problem with this vision. And in this vision, <laughs> I guess I'm trying to go too fast. I'm still I'm still going eighty mile an hour down the road, okay? I haven't slowed down yet. <laughs> so I gotta slow it down here a little bit. Well, in this vision, I see one dragonfly coming across in the air by vision. My eyes are closed. But that's all I needed to see. And I shouted and I said, Yes, Lord send swarms of dragonflies across the southern part of Taiwan and wipe out this plague because dragonflies eat the mosquitoes and uh, live on the mosquitoes. And as I said that, I no more than said that, and my, my interpreter started to interpret it, and this lady bl- with a blood-curdling scream right behind my back screams out well I'm thinking she got bit by a mosquito (laughs) I didn't expect the Lord to answer that quick I open my eyes and look back at her and she's pointing to the right and the left and above us and I look where she's pointing and people that we have 53 other witnesses to what I'm saying we were under dark clouds of dragonflies millions and millions of dragonflies And we oh everybody saw them then and they started shouting. And I said, Let's command them to go to the east and the west and down south and then from here all the way north to the last mosquito that's carrying this plague and wipe it out. Well I'm declaring this and my interpreter's interpreting it for me. And I'm telling you, pandemonium broke loose. They were shouting and uh... and i'm saying the plague is finished it's over it's done in the name of jesus i take my dominion and that's what uh... genesis chapter one is talking about verses twenty five through twenty eight how the lord created man and gave him dominion over everything and he says it two times there verse twenty six and twenty eight and uh... then again uh... of course we know that adam and eve failed and then people failed uh, all the way to the time of Noah, and God is so distressed with uh, with what's going on with civilization. By the time it gets to Noah's time, uh, after Enoch walks with God for 325 years, and he brought forth Noah, you know, or Methuselah, I guess, that lived the longest, and uh, and but verse one of chapter nine of Genesis. God reiterates what he says in verse 26 and 28 in Genesis of chapter 1 only this time he adds words and the fear of you shall be upon every beast and every creature on the face of the earth and that is a powerful addition from the other two verses in Genesis 1 and I can see the hand of God in that way, so powerful. Well, such pandemonium broke out with those 53 people. We got back on the bus and they were shouting and singing and praising God that the plague is over. These dragonflies are going to eat up every mosquito. And uh, we're going on up the highway, up through the jungle. And uh, it comes to a landslide over the road, and there's only one lane traffic, and we're stopped, and the other lane is coming our, past us on the left. And uh, the aborigine pastor jumps out of the bus and runs over to the, the men that are clearing the highway, and he is telling them, about all of these dragonflies and what we declared and prayed, and these workers stop working and start clapping, looking at us toward the bus and kind of making a bowing motion like, thank you, thank you, you know, because they're out there in the worst area working where the mosquitoes are, and they're rejoicing. Well, then it's our turn to go, so he jumps back on the bus with us and we head on down up up the river up the mountain and wound about and we get to his church up in the mountains. And we're supposed to have lunch by then. Well the ladies go into the into the kitchen where they're preparing lunch and shouting starts taking place and singing and praising God and the aborigine pastor came to me and he said, You know, he said, I don't think we're gonna get lunch for quite a while. They're too happy in there. Uh I wanted to know if you would maybe teach what you taught last night to my people. I've called and had them gather, and so we've got a quite a pretty good gathering out in the auditorium. Would you mind teaching what you taught last night and uh, then we'll share about the dragonflies? And I said, no, no problem at all. And so he gets everybody into the main auditorium, and i'm I'm preaching this and teaching them about their authority and that it is time to take your authority because God has given you dominion over all of these things including the fish of the sea which are great white sharks or whatever and uh, so as I'm doing they are amenning me they are so excited and uh, I lean I, I, I go forward of the podium which is on a platform upon a platform above the people and uh, I'm speaking to them in front of the podium, and I, I get dry because... Of, and I remembered they had put a glass of water for me. And so I just kind of go on speaking and reach my hand back, moving it slowly on the podium until I touch the glass of water, and then I get a hold of it, going on preaching, all in motion. And I bring the glass of water up. Well, you know, in bug country, you always look before you drink. And so I looked at the glass and uh, I was so amazed gold is sparkling down into the water of the glass now some people don't believe in this but I'll tell you I I believed in it uh, from the days of 1989 that it began to fall Uh, I believed in it because in five different states I saw it happening and I knew nobody was sprinkling it down and I knew it was real gold but uh, Uh, all of a sudden I look and see all this gold sparkling down, it's already down the bottom of my glass and it's still sparkling down and I turn with my glass of water toward my interpreter Georgie and to show him and he is looking at me with his mouth wide open and he points at the podium and my Bible is so covered with gold I couldn't even read it, the whole podium is covered with gold and he says it's all over your hair, it's all over your shoulders, you're covered with gold Henry, it's all over the floor, around the podium here, I saw it falling when you stepped in front of the podium, and I said, well praise the Lord, you know, well then the people of course were shouting about that and when I finished, they all came forward, and were rubbing the gold and putting it on their faces, and <laughs> they were so excited, and uh so I, I I just, uh, and let me share a little, little piece here about this. I was a critic of that, just in case if there's any of you out there that are still critical of it, thinking maybe it's a lie and wonder. That's what I thought. I, I've grown up in Pentecost, and I've seen a lot of things happen. And gold I'd never seen falling before, oh, the late 1980s, early 90s. I began seeing it happen, but it never happened to me yet until uh, 1989, I was walking the city of Jerusalem. I had finished 13 days of walking every street of the old city and the new city of Jerusalem. Had finished out by Liberty Bell Park on Bethlehem Road. That's the last area uh, at that time of 89 of Jerusalem. If you just go on down Bethlehem Road there to the right out of the park, then you'd get to Bethlehem. And I was hot. I had run out of water. And here was a little Muslim, uh, a little Arab uh, on wheels cart that showed ice-cold Coca-Cola, you know. And uh, I was so hot that day and run out of water, so I walked up, put my shekels down to pay for it, and he pushes me a can of 7-Up, and I push it back and reach back and point up at his pitcher. I said, Coca-Cola, ice Coca-Cola and he pushes the warm can of 7-Up back to me and turns his back on me. Well, he had my money. I had the warm can of 7-Up, and I made the horrible mistake of uh, of going over and opening it carefully and thought, well, I'll just take a little sip. I'm so dry. I've got to have some liquid. Oh, my word. That little sip exploded in my mouth, and I, it was coming out of my nose, I think, 7-Up was coming out of my eyes and my ears, and uh, I was so upset with that man. I have to admit that I didn't pray the Lord blessed him. Uh, I went over to the trash can and made sure he was looking at me, and I made sure I dropped it in the trash can. <laughs> but uh, I went and sit down on a little park bench there, the little park and Bethlehem Park, spread my arms out on the back of the bench and my legs just in a shade of a Paula Verde tree which gives you about one half shade but it was the only shade tree on that bench and so I'm spread out and I've just closed my eyes and I'm trying to cool off still kind of coughing from the 7-up and all of a sudden somebody sits on the end of the bench to my left and I pull my arm up because I had my arms clear across the whole bench and he had kind of touched my, my my hand as he sat down, but he had his back to me instead of his back to the backrest, he'd just sit on the end of the bench with his back to me, and I opened my eyes and looked, and there was a rabbi sitting there, Hebrew rabbi. And I looked and here's a, a girl, a young lady with a little about four year old girl, and she's setting her up in a swing and and he's watching this, this girl. And uh so I don't, I don't address him because I'm a Gentile and I had learned, you know, you just, you just don't say anything to him because Orthodox, it doesn't go, you know, you don't know what's gonna, the response is gonna be. <laughs> and I wasn't on a tour or anything and uh, I just sat there. Well, I guess his curiosity got the best of him and he said, uh, He says, without turning my direction, still with his back to me, he says, "Uh, are you on tour? And I said, "Uh, no, I'm not. I said, I'm here on business. And he says, "Uh, would I be nosy, asking your business, still with his back to me? (laughs) And I said, "Uh, no, I don't think you'd be nosy. I said, "Uh, I have just finished walking every street of the old city and the new city of Jerusalem, praying for the peace of Jerusalem. He spins around and he looks me right in the face. Now he's turning right toward me and he says, But you are a Gentile. Why would you pray for the peace of Jerusalem? And I said, Well, I know I'm a Gentile, but I also believe Jesus Christ is my Messiah, and I believe he's yours. He says, Yeah, I know, I know you're a Christian, aren't you? I says, yes, I am. He says, yeah, I was rabbi in New York City 14 years, always had Christians trying to convert me. So, uh, you have a family, and I began to tell him, and, and it struck up a conversation and all, and uh I said, yes, I have a wife and 13 children. At that time, we lived in Portland, Oregon. And, uh, I said, I have a baker's dozen, you know, I have a quiver full of them, I said those two things, and he said, do you know what that means in the ancient Hebrew? And I said, "Uh, no, but I'm interested. I was amazed that he was talking to him, I guess, telling him I was, I had just finished praying 13 days for the peace of Jerusalem, I guess that really touched his heart and made it wide open, but uh, he said, you know what that means in the ancient Hebrew? And I said, no, but I'm interested. He said, uh, yes, you have 13 children, but you don't have 13 arrows in your quiver. You have 12 arrows in your quiver. You have one in the bow, and you're ready for war. And he made a motion like pulling the bow back. And I slugged my fist in my hand, and I said, I'll take it. Wow, that I love that. Well, then we had a conversation. And uh And I had the thought, I said, uh, well, listen, this phenomenon has been happening. I've seen it in five different states across the United States in Christian meetings where we're praying to Jesus or we're preaching or something, and all of a sudden gold just starts falling down from heaven. And I said, uh, do you understand this? Do you have any explanation for this? I said, I don't know if I believe it's from heaven or what. And he looks at me, and for the first time, he starts stuttering, saying, "Go, gold, gold? Uh, uh, re- real gold." And I said, "Yeah, it's real gold. People have had it tested, and it's ninety-nine and nine-tenths percent gold." And uh, I said, "A church in West Virginia that I was at." it started falling so much the pastor said in flakes let's sweep it up and, and sell it and pay off the mortgage of the church and they literally paid the mortgage of the church off so I said that's a good thing but, but what, what is the significance do you know what the significance would be of that and he said and he is still just in shock like kind of stuttering gold is falling on the Gentiles And he said, oh yes, it's very significant. For he says, you see, in the ancient Hebrew, before the bridegroom comes to take his bride, he always, before midnight, always sends her a gift of gold first. He said, it means the Messiah is coming. And I about went into shock. And he is telling me this but he's stuttering and he hollers to his daughter and says daughter daughter come 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 quick come quick granddaughter come and she comes running takes her daughter off the swing and comes running up Papa are you okay he says daughter gold gold is falling on the Gentiles when they're when they're worshiping Jesus gold is falling on the Gentiles it means the Messiah is coming the Messiah is coming I have to get back to Nazareth, to my synagogue. I have to let the people know. I have to leave. And he stood up and he said to me, thank you. Thank you very much. I must go. I must go. And away he goes mumbling. Gold is falling on the Gentiles. Well, I have to tell you, I was not critical anymore. So so for the first time, gold is falling on me in Taiwan. (laughs) And it's all over me. I'm covered with gold. And I, I have to tell you, I wasn't critical then. And the Lord knew I wasn't critical. I think that's why I was a recipient of it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and Job said it, didn't he? He said, I know that when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. And I know in Revelation chapter 3, uh, the Lord is speaking to the Laodicean church. And he's, he's saying to you, I counsel of you to buy of me gold tried in the fire, and white raiment that the shame of your nakedness does not appear, and salve for your eyes so you can see. And uh, so I, Brewer, I I, just rejoice. Yes, go ahead.
2: Can you hold that thought? we got a quick
1: three-minute break when gold. we come back. You're gold there. falling. My <laughs> word. Yeah, that's isn't amazing. isn't that amazing, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Not only that, but in front of uh, a Jewish rabbi. Yeah. The significance. God. The Messiah that is, is coming. <laughs> Steve Quayle, Henry Groover. What a gracious! Uh, oh, we're just so excited to have them both. Steve Quayle, Steve <laughs> you're kind of stuttering. <laughs> wow! Absolutely. Of course, <laughs> yeah. I do that all the time. Oh, okay. Nothing. Nothing new here. Alright folks, we will be right back with Henry Groover and
2: Steve Quayle after these very short messages. Do not go anywhere.
1: Wow. what a wonderful surprise, ladies and gentlemen, to have with us Steve Quayle, stevequayle.com, who, by the way, will be with us again on Friday to talk about what's going on geopolitically. But tonight, this segment, my goodness, the legendary Henry Groover, joyfulsoundministry.com, joyfulsoundministry.com. Folks, support Mr. Groover, support his ministry. You heard gold falling, gold falling. I, 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 mean, I can't imagine that. What a gracious God we have. And, uh, certainly gracious guests in the, again, in the flesh, uh, Steve Quayle, SteveQuayle.com and Henry Groover. Mr. Groover, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and you too, Steve, for visiting with us. Let's get right back to it. What a great story. What a great accounting.
4: Oh, I tell thought. you. Uh, I gave that testimony up by Seattle just uh, last, late last month, and uh, a lady was there in the meeting, and she had a vacuum cleaner shop just on the edge of Seattle. And the very next morning, uh, she's there in her shop, and a man walks in from Boise, Idaho, and he's telling how he looked all over Boise and the towns around there Napa and all that trying to find this part for his vacuum cleaner and uh, his grandchildren with whom he was visiting there uh, said well if this lady down the road doesn't have it nobody will have it she fixes vacuum cleaners that nobody can fix and uh, so he came in and he says well I have this one and she just reaches right back behind her on her pegboard and hands the little little bag with a part in it and said this is what you're looking for and he says you keep several of them there well yeah that's a very common part to go out well give me another one <laughs> and so he bought two of them <laughs> and she says uh, well you're amazed at that she said let me tell you something and uh, I think you'll be even more amazed and she begins relating this dragonfly testimony and this man is in awe and when she finishes he says I've got a greater miracle than that to tell you I am the professor at the University of of, uh, over here of Idaho in Boise and I am the professor my specialty are insects and he says I'm the world's leading specialist on dragonflies (laughs) Wow." Now get this, and he says, "I can tell you a greater ma- miracle than that that happened right there with those people." And she says, "Yeah, go for it." And he says, "Do you realize that dragonflies have five to six weeks to live after they mate, but they migrate like butterflies to a, to one area and they mate." And then they spread out and have five, I think he said five, she said five to six weeks to live. But after they mate and go into this swarm, they go into an eating frenzy, eating the mosquitoes. <laughs> and for, for that aborigine to have them pull over right there, and no one sees one dragonfly, then this man sees a vision? You mean like a picture in his mind? Yeah, a vision. His eyes were closed. One dragonfly, and he calls for dragonflies. He said, if I were a gambler, the odds would be so high, you would never get me to gamble on that, that he was right at the place where they migrated. But he calls for them, and here they are all of a sudden, all around them, all over, in swarms. He said, they swarm. That is a miracle. The timing of that the chance of that and he said do you realize I think he said this if I'm, if I'm right you can check I hope I'm right do you realize when they go and then lay their little egg their larvae like their cocoon like it takes four years for that cocoon to hatch out so he says do you realize the timing of all of this and the chance of that the odds are so high he says, I have never heard anything in my life so phenomenal about insects. And he says, I'm going to share that in my classes. That is, that is a miracle of miracles of miracles. <laughs> wow. Isn't the Lord awesome? I the tell Lord you the fine. timing of that. Indeed. Well, in the time that we're living now, I believe uh, we're, we're facing some things that uh, we need what is on my heart to share with you uh, we have been given according to Ephesians chapter 6 if we gov- have our armor on we are ready and we are prepared to go against powers, principalities the ruler of darkness, the prince of this world right isn't that what the scripture says very clearly says that Ephesians chapter 6 if you don't know the Bible look it up and read that chapter Spiritual Wickedness in High Places I had worked for four years with a team of seven of us We they called themselves the Holy Ghost Commandos or Spirit-Filled Strike Force we would fast and pray and wait on the Lord for an assignment anywhere in the world and then we would all gather together at that place and rendezvous at that place in the world and uh we would go and do what we called a spiritual strike. Two of our men on our team were both had been Green Berets in Vietnam, had gone clear up in the Ho Chi Minh Trail, had slept in tunnels, had slipped into the tunnels of the Viet Cong, covered themselves with chalk to look Chinese and everything, and had gone into these tunnels to bring back information of what was going on. So they were very well-trained men, very highly disciplined men and when we would go on a strike every night we would take four hour watches and we were literally like military full poise in the natural and in the spiritual and in the spiritual whoever got the leading of the Lord on the strike took the lead the other six followed and they they agreed praying in agreement with the one that had the lead of the Lord And that's the way we conducted ourselves. Well, one morning at 4.30, the Lord woke me up and said, get out of bed, get on your knees. I got out of my bed in my pajamas, went down on my knees. Instantly, as my knees hit the floor, I was walking the streets of Rome. I came to a, a big iron door like like used to be back in the 50s and the 60s in the cities where they would move the merchandise down into the basement of the stores. So they would open those iron doors. There would be a chain across to keep them from falling back away too far and to keep you from falling into the basement. And this was what it was like walking the street of Rome. Here I was instantly in Rome walking the streets, and I come to these iron doors, I pull them up, and I look back at the six men behind me, they're the men of my strike force, I know every one of them, and I said to them, this is where we go down, and we head down, and we're going down a spiral stone staircase that was built pre-3rd century. How do I know that? After the 3rd century, if you check out, they realized they made the staircases for their castles and their defense. They made them the wrong direction, and the person would have to most commonly hang on with their right hand and try to defend that that fortress with their left hand, and most people are right-handed. So after the third century, they built them the opposite direction. And so I know this staircase down under Rome, old worn steps, worn steps from being walked so many centuries going down under the streets of Rome I say this is where we go down I step over the chain and begin going down that staircase spiraling down the men are above me spiraling above me and they are praying and I tell you it's like I felt like I had a funnel in my head and their prayers were pouring liquid power into me I have never in my life before or since felt such power And I get to the bottom of the staircase, come to an arch, just a a few, about four or five feet from the base of the stairs. I go to step into this arch, which opened to a massive catacomb. And just as I step into that catacomb, I hear a voice to the left of me, a deep bass voice say, You shouldn't be here. And I look to the left, and here is a massive angel. He's been sitting with his elbows like on his knees. His big black wings are spread out. And he, I have looked at him just as he says, you shouldn't be here. And his eyes are blood red, but are like blood red with fire. I don't know how to explain it. And he stands up, and I am not exaggerating. He had to have been 30 feet tall. His hands were so big. I'm sitting here looking at a a little bottle of of purified water, okay? His hands were so big, the cap on this bottle could be my head. He could have grabbed me by the head and popped my head off instantly. Now, Steve, you just said when I shared something there, that would be good for you to share about uh, Afghanistan.
3: Well, one of the, the Henry I was sharing with Henry uh, when I went in the room during the break, and I said one of uh, my friends who was in Afghanistan, basically a hunter killer marine, uh, would they would come upon bodies that literally, he said that there's so many uh, people were talking about they come on torsos of soldiers who literally had their heads literally ripped off as if a hand, as if fingertips of something very big had taken it off. And so, actually, I think the gentleman is listening to the show right now. And that corresponds, Henry, with the last giant that I knew that was uh, alive that was flowing out of Afghanistan. And now there are other people coming forth and validating that. But get back to your story, because I think we're talking about dominion tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And I want you to see, I think, the object lesson that God is using Henry to teach us all tonight is, is that prayers, uh, especially of the righteous man and woman, avail much. So, intercessors, Mm -hmm. hear this, because it's the most, in, in my opinion, I've never heard of anything so demonstrative of the power of God, and proving the power of God being funneled through a brother in the Lord in the battle we all face, and that's why the intercessors and those of you who pray for all who are on the front lines are so important. So, Henry, continue, because you got me in suspense
4: hallelujah and now remember people the power of God was on me I was like a massive capacitor fully charged with the power of God I I don't know how to explain it any other way I've worked electronics and engineering and uh, you can uh, charge capacitors and I'll tell you what when they discharge you better look out (laughs) well anyhow uh this power was on me and as this giant angel stood I realized I heard it to the right as well and I turned to the right and there was one the same size on the right side and the words just come out of me as I reached out and pointed to the right and the left to the right with my right hand and my finger to the left with my left hand and my finger pointing at these giant angels and the words come out of me with such authority And I said, we are here by divine commandment of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the apostolic anointing and mantle which you have bound since the days of the Apostle Paul is now loosed that you have been binding and holding down since the days of the Apostle Paul is now released and set free to the church so that the church might be made ready and they both said as they spread their big wings we will be going then and the the words come out of me again still pointing to the right and the left and i pointed above them and i said you will not but according to the word of god because you kept not your first estate you are to be bound with chains until the great day of the lord and these massive chains come spiraling down slapping their wings and their arms down and started wrapping them around their ankles and wrapped tightly all the way around up under their chins where they could only do nothing but look up. And then after that happened, I was instantly back in my bedroom in my pajamas. And the first thing I did was smell the sleeve of my pajama because I've walked these big cities like Rome and London and Cairo, Egypt, and seoul korea and tokyo you name them I've, i've worked 54 nations now and you walk these big cities and your clothes smell like diesel fumes because there's so much diesel power but i didn't have any smell of it and i thought well that was interesting well i went down i dressed and went downstairs and uh couldn't go back to sleep, of course, and my wife came down about seven o'clock, and she looked at me, and she said, well, you got up suddenly, I thought you had to go to the bathroom, but uh, you never came back to bed, are you all right? I says, yeah, I'm fine, and she said, what is it? And I said, well, I had this experience, and she said, are you able to tell me? I says, yeah, I don't understand it and i told her the experience and she said were you translated to rome do you think the other men on your your strike force were translated i said i don't know it was so real it was like it was literally happening and she said the apostolic mantle of anointing people that was in 1988 since 1988 there has been teaching. So many people are supposed to be apostles now. You wouldn't believe. I mean, it it just it just exploded. It ballooned. Uh, there's apostles that are not apostles, and as the apostle Paul said, many that say they're apostles are not apostles. You know, we know a real apostle. But anyhow, here I am back there talking to my wife. Well, that morning, then about ten o'clock, I get a call from a pastor that we had known and worked with somewhat in Portland, and they had taken a church up by Seattle. And uh, he calls and he says, my wife and I are in town. He says, could you, uh, could we come by and see you two? We, We just missed you. You folks were so faithful and all, and we miss you. Love to have you in our church in Seattle. And I says, well, sure, we'll be here today. And he says, well, it won't be today. It'll be after dinner. So don't worry about a meal. We just how about 7 o'clock I said that's fine that's fine so they come and they're sitting there and we're visiting and my my phone rings at my left hand I pick it up and I answer it. and uh, here it is a brother one of the Green Berets and uh, he says Henry and he gives his name and he says and he, he this is always the way he talked on the phone Henry and says who he is And he says, now, he says, uh, I'm going to name three places in the earth. Tell me if God has spoken anything to you in the past 24 to 48 hours. All right, Vienna, Austria. No, we're praying about it, but no. Bangkok, Thailand. No, no, definitely not. Rome, Italy. I says, Rome? Yes. Are you at liberty to tell me? I said, Yeah, but I don't understand it. It's okay. I tell him. I tell him that brief is a kid. He says, I'll get right back to you. Click, he's gone. I'm telling it, the pastor and his wife are sitting there looking at me, their eyes are big as fifty cent pieces, and the pastor says, You had that experience at four thirty this morning? I said, Yeah. He said, Do you think you were translated? Do you think it really literally happened? do you think God is would God use one person to release the apostolic mantle I said look I'm not claiming any of this all I know is what I experienced but I said it's like I was translated I, I don't know how to say it any other way he said wow wow what an experience and so we're talking and fellowshipping about forty five minutes fifty minutes later the phone rings again it's him again he's calling me from bangkok thailand he's he had a business there these men were from different parts of the world and uh, on our strike force god put us together believe me and he says henry i just talked to fred in in vienna and and naming all the different countries and where they're from and he says you said four thirty right i said yeah he says, I've already talked to the two up here in Alaska. And he said, we've calculated what would be 4.30 there in Oregon and then 4.30 with us. And so we calculated where each of the other brothers are in here, me in Bangkok, Tom in Vienna, and another brother over in over in Australia. And he says, we've calculated all these times. And so I've I've just been calling the ones I hadn't contacted yet. We all go back to 4.30, your time in Portland, Oregon, of this happening, that we, every one of us in our time around the world, were walking behind you on the streets of Rome instantly. We were called to prayer where we were, and when we started to pray, we were walking behind you. We heard you say those words. We went above you going down the spiral staircase. We saw you open the iron doors, and when that finished, when you finished making that declaration of releasing the apostolic mantle, we were all back in our places wherever we were, across the earth. We believe that strike is finished in Rome. so we're we're checking we're checking off Rome. <laughs> and so hallelujah, you know I, I said, well. There we have it. Six other brothers were translated. Some of them right in broad daylight time, and uh, it just is awesome. Uh, now, could I give you one quick thing before we're finished? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm we kind of dominating got about your time. We've seven minutes
2: we, left. Wait, no, no, no. no you know, seven it's minutes. All
4: yours. It, it, can I do it? In, I can do it in seven. Okay. Yeah, I for two yours. and a half years have been seeking the Lord. Oh, I didn't finish. I didn't finish the plague, did I? In Taiwan, I, I went to Japan after Taiwan, and uh, was was there till two days before Thanksgiving, October November. Flew home two days after Thanksgiving. My cell phone rings, and it's Georgie from Taiwan. Henry, I've been trying to get a hold of you. Why why is your phone off? I said I don't I don't have my cell phone on in foreign countries. It's too expensive. Well, he says. I've been trying to get a hold of you to tell you what happened in Taiwan. He said, four days after we came back up here to Taipei, we came back up, the next day after the gold fell and everything, I said, yeah, then the next day I put you on the plane. Four days after you left, that might be about six days after we made the declaration and saw that the dragonflies, the, the Taiwan government announced officially there has not been another person brought to the hospital with high fever with pain or death God wiped out that plague all across Taiwan Hallelujah so I've been seeking the Lord I'm tired of traveling and all this crazy security and these long knees against the back of the seat flying and layovers and I've been seeking the Lord for two and a half years to be translated more I want to be translated it'll redeem time and I was in March, I was seeking the Lord walking in my hotel room, and I heard a voice behind me and it said, "Stop limiting me." And I literally turned around, thought someone walked into my hotel room I went into the bathroom to see if someone was in there. I said, "Lord, was that you?" And he said, "Yes, you are limiting me in your request and I said, "I don't understand it will, it will save a lot of time if you translate me to these countries or trans." You know, transport me by the Spirit and he said I'm going to show you what I want to do and what I mean by the scripture that says in the last days I'll do a quick work and I'll cut it short in righteousness instantly I was in vision standing in in a a valley with mountains all around like a punch bowl millions of people all around me and I'm I'm ministering to them and all of a sudden boom I'm transported in front of one person of all these millions, and I'm speaking into them or praying for them, and boom, I disappear as soon as I finish speaking the word or praying over them, and I'm in front of another one. And I'm I'm literally being transported all over among these millions of people to individuals or two or three. And the Lord says, that's what I meant by what I said in the last days. I will do a quick work and cut it short in righteousness. I will not wait, for I have also said in the latter days the wayfaring man or the traveling man will cease. But my anointed will not cease, but I will put them where I want them. I will put them where man will not be able to go. I will do what I have said in my word. I will open doors that no man can open, and I will shut doors that no man can shut. I will do the work in these last days, saith the Lord and the vision was over and I fell on my face weeping and bawling my eyes out repenting for trying to limit the Lord to just get me to Japan or Korea or Taiwan or Singapore or Malaysia Uh, and then I would do my thing you see what I mean? follow my schedule no, the Lord has his schedule people you better start seeking him with all of your heart because he's going to do this with his anointed hallelujah did we make it? Yes, (laughs)
3: We yes, <laughs> we did with
1: time to spare. <laughs> Hallelujah! Well, what a blessing! St-
4: Could student, I give you a what, quick what? vision of Donald Trump that I had? Yeah,
3: sure that because you okay, know, I, mean, I got four minutes. House is divided. You got it. Okay, we got three minutes. I in
4: the vision. I, this was in March too in Asia. I don't know why. Up to that time, I had already decided I would vote for for Doctor Ben Carson. All right, that was my decision. March, I had this vision. In the vision, my kids come running to me saying, Dad, a big limousine pulled up up front. I go to the door, and Donald Trump and his wife are coming out. They come into the house. I seat them in my best chair. His wife is, he is dressed like a king. I mean literally like a king, but he doesn't have a crown on his head. But he literally is in royal robes, like pictures of kings. His wife is carrying a shawl over her arm and holds that on her left arm and follows him in, I seat him he leans forward she puts the shawl around his shoulders and down the front of him it is gold inlaid with jewels most beautiful shawl I've ever seen in my life he's talking to me like he's been friends of the family forever asking how are you doing, how's the family doing, and we're talking literally like family he's so relaxed, his wife is standing at his left hand and we, we talk for quite some time, and then he says, Well, I've got a lot to do. I've got to get going. I just wanted to check in to see how you're doing. I'll come back. And he gets up to go, and he flips the shawl off his shoulders, but it drapes over the back of the chair and just drapes there. And I see him to the door, and I look back and see the shawl. I run to get the shawl, and I come back to the door. They're already in the limousine leaving, and I'm hollering, Hold it, and that shawl was gold. It was heavy. It was beautiful. And I hear a voice behind me, and it says, he'll be back. And that was the end of the vision. I don't know what it means, but I I really have to tell you, from then on, I begin to truly get past poor Donald Trump's way of saying things, But I begin to hear what the man is really saying, and I want to tell you something. I certainly stand with the man. We need him desperately. There, I finished it.
0: Wow. (laughs) Hallelujah.
1: Steve, thank thank you you so much for uh, for bringing uh, Henry Groover on. Henry, thank you so much. God bless you both. Uh, What a fantastic, insightful hour. All right, folks. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Henry Groover. God bless folks, you all. God bless you as well. Support Henry Groover, please, folks. Go to JoyfulSoundMinistry.com dot com. Support his work. What what great work he's doing! And of course, Steve Quayle, SteveQuayle.com dot com. He's going to be back on Friday with us. Mm-hmm. What a what a fantastic surprise that was, Joe. I mean, what a testimony! Yes, this
2: last hour of the show. God bless them both. um, I'm going to listen to this again, probably before I go to sleep, at least this last hour.
1: Hope you do the same. Yeah. Folks, saddle for battle. God bless each and every one of you.